Hey everyone, Frosty here. I finally started getting these shows uploaded to various podcast services again. Some of these episodes are a bit older than the day they became available on the service you are currently listening to it on, so please keep that in mind. One other quick note, these shows are now also sponsored by a wonderful company that provides two Japanese snack box options, Sakoriko and Tokyo Treat. They're both great options, but act a little bit differently. Tokyo Treat is solely focused on snacks that are the latest, most exclusive, and that are the limited edition or seasonal flavors of snacks you might enjoy now. So things like Sakura Pepsi and Japanese Sake Kit Kats. Also comes with ramen, drinks, and much, much more. Sakura is solely focused on supporting the local Japanese snack makers, which include traditional, authentic, and artisan snacks. They'll also come with Japanese teas and special items like tableware. If you have any interest in either service, please use the affiliate links in the description. Each sign-up supports what I do here with MogTalk, and it would be greatly appreciated. Just in case, the URLs are team.tokyotreat.com slash MogTalk or team.sakura.co slash MogTalk. Thanks, everyone, and enjoy the show. Ready for the special intro. Okay, here we go. Sasuke, three, two, one. Retreat with Master Man Lead. Free from what you do not see. Hit the dark within your being. Turn away. Disobey. And the end of the beginning. The fate defeats the unbelieving. Die to not stop the bleeding. Say my name. Say my name. Sakura. Right. Welcome to the chat and the stream and everything where me and Husky sing out of sync because I'm in Prague and he's in France. Uh, that's how we want to say hi to you guys today. Yeah. Nice to be here again with you all. So I am going to cut that and it's going to be the intro for every single one that we do going forward. Just so you guys this know. This is how me and Husky outed each other on, on yeah. not actually being very talented singers and musicians yeah. because we can't fucking keep time. But again, we are distance by you know the internet so that's why it was out of the yeah yeah there's a we're, there's we're latency <laughs> in there you know it's not you guys it's the latency 100 percent uh we guys... wanted to do crimson uh, fortune crimson but that would have been a bit too much <laughs> a little anyway hello everybody yeah hello guys. frosty hello what's up <laughs> Yeah. You, it's, it's, it's been a minute yeah it's been a while uh, for everybody who's uh. watching this right now, uh, we are doing a segment with Alex Mukala and Husky Bada Geek to discuss their current journey within the Final Fantasy XIV verse where they have started off making videos and then ended up on stage with Soken and the Primals just recently at EU FanFest. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. If you guys have been on the show before, you've seen, or if you guys have watched the show, sorry, you have seen them on the show, I'm sure, at talking about uh, all the stuff that they do. You, the, most likely, if you've been in the content creation universe at all, watching what goes on YouTube, watching anything, you have heard of their names. They're both extremely talented people. But you know what? I do like doing this too, so I'm going to have each one of you try to like 
give a small introduction of yourself to everybody. So I'm going to start with you, Alex, for some some of that one person who doesn't know who you are. Who are Hello. you, Alex? My name is Alex. Uh, I am a music composer, and I started playing Final Fantasy XIV on the beta of 2013 in the summer. It was great. It was awesome. Still is. And then I ran into this channel, Husky by the Geek, of this guy making covers of Final Fantasy XIV music, and, like, he was playing in the most insane way possible. And, uh... Yeah, now I'm sitting here with him, and playing at the concert with him was freaking great. Like, Husky is one of my guitar and bass heroes. So, right. you know, I'm a Husky fan, is what I'm trying to say. I also make music. Uh, I make music for games. I have a YouTube channel where I talk about video game music a lot, yeah. and I play bass. So that's me. Hello. Hi. And you're pretty funky, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Husky, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Husky by the Geek. Uh, I'm a composer, too. Uh, I am mainly known for my FF14 covers on YouTube, and uh, I am also an Alex Mukala fan. That's why I reached out to him to make oh, yeah, some collabs with her. And yeah, that was short. We ended up being on stage and fulfilling a dream, and super mm -hmm. happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, that was. Now it's it's some. Um, it was amazing. We're gonna talk about mm -hmm. this, but it was amazing too. Like, when you see me and Husky, Husky is more like chill, right? And I'm more like <laughs> crazy all the time. But when yeah. we got on stage, that switched. And seeing Husky be a rock star was so freaking cool. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you guys didn't get to see that in London, I hope you will someday somewhere else. Because, you know, it's, it's I was like, yo, it was mm. almost like seeing you for the first time, you know? Because on YouTube, you get like that. But on mm. stage, it's like, whoa, super cool. Anyway, sorry. No. I, I'm, it's great. The thing is, it's also because uh, I I have some experience in concerts. I've played with some some bands uh, when I was younger, uh, but we did small concerts like in front of uh, thirty to fifty people. Uh, so um, I'm used to to move on stage like that. But mm. it was the first time I played uh, with a wireless setup on stage so finally i could run everywhere like <laughs> yeah. i always wanted to do you took that chance <laughs> it was so great because of that yeah yeah the, the saddest part about that whole thing is that only the people who went to eu fan fest were able to actually see it yeah. right yeah uh and i really wish i hope they're gonna make a dvd and they feature that sometime in the future they've done, they've done stuff like that before I don't know. I'm not going to ask you guys if you have any inside information about that because of NDAs and everything else. But that's my hope. Okay? That that would be great, dude. Yeah. So I could play it to my mom. Like, mom, mm -hmm. watch. I will love to. I will stare. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That that'll be that'll be epic, honestly. Yeah. But mm -hmm. yeah, it was it was a blast. Um, and a big honor, and we can talk about it. Yeah. You no. know, for as long as you want. Oh, we got two hours. Is how long we're going to talk about it. All right. All right. <laughs> so, I, first off, first yeah. off, though, it's been like a week. You guys have only had like a week or so since that happened, right? Like a week and a half, maybe two weeks, almost two weeks now, I guess. I think two. How are you feeling now? Like after you get done with something like that, is there just like this huge feeling of just like <laughs> depression and just like it's gone, we're not there anymore? Uh, how are it you feeling was, now? It was the best time of my life, and uh, now yeah, I. Dude. I'm not even frustrated that it ended because uh, I'm just happy that it happened and yeah, I I hope it will happen again. Really, mm -hmm. yeah. For me, it was a a wild, like a wild weekend. 
for several reasons. By the way, I, I should preface this by saying I'm sleep deprived sex. So if I say stupid things, I'm sorry. That's my brain not working correctly. Just just so you guys know. But it was it was a crazy weekend because that was the weekend of my birthday and the rehearsals were on the day. So I arrived in London, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we were chilling around Rihaski in London and we ran into Jason Charles Miller, who mm -hmm. had a hotel close to ours. And, yeah, and, and I end up, you know, I'm, I'm friends with Jason. We've been uh, together in LA and stuff and it's, he's great. So I was like, hey, let's just go get a, get a drink. And uh, at midnight would be my birthday. And I spent, the first person who said happy birthday to me was Jason. To me, we were in a random hotel having orange juice because that's the only drink they had. So that's how it started. <laughs> and then my girlfriend came to London just for my birthday and to see me play at FanFest. And, you know, on the day of my birthday, I basically went to rehearsals with Soken and the Primals. And they somehow got wind that it was my birthday and surprised me with a birthday cake before mm -hmm. I even told them it was my birthday. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and then we spent some time playing music and rehearsing. So I spent my birthday on stage with, you know, Husky and Soken backstage, Square Enix, uh, playing music, eating cake. And then I went back to my hotel room and my girlfriend surprised me with like, you know, happy birthday surprises. And she had born the hotel room and stuff. And uh, yeah, in that moment, all of that kind of like, you know, crashed on me, all the emotion. And I started crying like a baby out of mm. gratitude for, you know, all the things that happened. And then the concert happened a few days after, and the leading up to the concert was me and Husky spending time with as many people as possible at FanFest. We, we must have taken like pictures with That's 400 crazy. people or something. Yeah. So, you know, it was like a crazy, crazy, crazy buildup. And then the concert happened and it was like sensory overload. And after that was over, I remember we were all backstage and everybody was kind of chilling and I was like sitting and my brain was having a hard time processing all the things that happened. For, so for about an hour, I wasn't able to like talk mm. or think that much. And I kept telling Husky, how the hell did that just happen? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it took me a while to recover. That's why I didn't post on social media until like the day after or something. I was still like, my brain was not functioning correctly. It was a yeah. lot. And it was, you know, the best time really. Like it was, mm -hmm. <clears throat> there's, there's no way to describe the gratitude I felt in that moment. Yeah. yeah, because you know, I admire Husky and Soken and the band and, and Koji and you know Saki from Square Enix music and everybody there. And I love the community. It was really like I don't know, the most overwhelming feeling I felt in my life, I think. So that's, I can only imagine yeah. to be honest with you. I have only had like a minor taste of that with doing the PvP stuff on stage, right? Uh nothing even close to what you guys are doing. At least within that feeling, there's so much more emotion that comes into playing music and being on stage and hearing people cheer for what you're doing. <laughs> it feels yeah. really good, I have to imagine, right? I was shitting myself also most of the <laughs> yeah. time. You know. So there was a lot of people. I yeah. think it was like five thousand people uh at the you you yeah. Europe fan fest. Like that. That's what I heard too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh Fun. It's a ton but of yeah, as Alex said, it was a, a crazy build up. Uh, first, we we met uh, the primals and the staff from uh, Square Enix Music, and it was really a dream, a dream. The, I mean, the, they are lovely people, and we are a huge fan of them. But mm -hmm. they are also fan of us, and when we learned that, we just lost it. It, it was crazy, and. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, it was it was a magical moment. Uh, That's what I, I like. Couldn't about even the... describe it with words. 
yeah, yeah, Soken is as cool as you see him on the yep. on stage, ah, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. he's a legend. And also the others, uh, also primers, they are really, really chill and amazing yep. human beings. So check this out. And, the, and yeah, sorry. Build up, no, yeah, and as Alex said, uh, yeah, on during the fan fest, we after the who wants to be a billionaire, we were like, hey, let's take 10 minutes to take as many pictures as possible with uh, with our fans, mm-hmm. and those 10 minutes lasted almost two hours. <laughs> It was crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My experience with that uh, through all the weekend is that every time. I said yes to someone who wanted to take a picture with me. A queue of 10 people appeared around, around him and mm-hmm. a lot. And I mean, I, you had I your knew, husky hat, so you weren't in even that I much. Knew a lot, <laughs> yeah, I knew a lot of people who, who wanted to see me, but I did not expect this many people. It was crazy. I did it mm-hmm. for several hours and I loved it. I really loved it. But I, I, I could only do one activity on all the fun fest. It was a, a cooking mini game. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. I also watched a, a lot of uh, some panels, but I spent most of most of my time taking pictures with people and hearing their stories, and that was an amazing experience. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I fucking love this community a lot. Yeah, that, dude, I expected that would happen to you, like uh, especially because I. I think it'd be pretty much safe to say, like, you are the most prominent musician from the Final Fantasy XIV community, even just for the sheer volume of Final Fantasy XIV covers you made, but even, like, not just the volume, but the the depth, like, all the crazy medleys and stuff, you know, nobody else is that insane. Even Soken, like, we were backstage <laughs> talking to Soken for a long time, and we were just shooting the shit on different things, and then we were talking about, you know, the remixes the Husky makes, and... <laughs> Sokin is asked was asked him like how how do those things work like because you you work with many people right and ask him was like oh yeah for one one remix I I featured like 200 musicians and I had to like go through like through mm-hmm. 200 200 files and like mix them together yeah. and Sokin was mm-hmm. like what what, did could, what? like Sokin was shocked he's like he didn't have, he, he, could, he couldn't have the patience to, yeah. to mix uh, so not, many voices and I yeah not everybody goes As I said, that was something I did over two months. I, I set up a two-month deadline to my musicians, and mm-hmm. every day, a few people sent me their recordings. So I worked on this project like one hour a day, so I couldn't be burned out of, of it because it was smooth. It was long yeah. over the months, but it was a smooth process. So Yeah, yeah but like, there's not a lot of people who do that. you know. Like yeah. On, yeah. So like, it's only fair, I think... You know, during the concert, Yoshi P was like literally the first person. Like he was like in like uh in, in the front, front row. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. The row. And when when the concert was over, he came backstage and he hugged Aski. Mm. So I'm yeah. like, dude, like the community loves you because obviously you're the most prominent Final Fantasy XIV musician. You're also you drive the community into your projects mm. and you give them space to be seen. Yeah. And the Final Fantasy XIV team loves you because of the same things like you you're like the you know you're kind of like a lidibus in a certain in a certain sense oh, okay like you're, okay. you're <laughs> guiding everybody and uh yeah. that that shows and that make it makes sense 
that lots of people keep kept coming to you because very likely they've been involved in some of the stuff you did or they wanted to be involved or, or something like that and surely they've yeah. seen your stuff every yeah. time there's a new track people ask okay when is asking making his okay yeah so yeah husky uh so one of the sorry one of the things uh, that motivates me to to do this crazy 200 uh, community projects is that uh thanks to the ff14 community uh, um now i make i make a living of my music because uh, i have uh, an audience big enough to to make a living from it mm. and i'm really grateful to all of you and that's also why i want to invite people from my community and the ff14 community to play in my music videos because it's also my my way to to thank them uh to allow me to live my dream today yeah so yeah no and i i will say anyone there's a lot of really talented artists out there that put up videos and do everything with music or anything else that could be within the community but when they think of music and community or Final Fantasy 14, you two are the people people think about. I was I have a I have a playlist. I, I just so you guys know, I have a playlist where I go and I try to get video game music in there. I don't search for you guys, but you find your way into my playlist. <laughs> it, it's, it's not even it's not even like just a oh only Final Fantasy 14 thing. Video game music in general, people will find your music and it will uh, it's on That's Spotify cool. and places like that. Like it's crazy. Like I'd be listening to it, it's like, oh, this sounds really good. And I'll go, I look down, and it's like, oh, that's Alex Mukala or is that Husky <laughs> Panicky? I'm like, oh, I know them. That's amazing. Yeah, that's so and cool. I'm sorry yeah. at the same time. D <laughs> don't have to be sorry. It's a good jam every time. Man. Sorry for the pan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you guys are really well known, and I think like it's a lot of that's hard to realize until you go to a fan fest. Whereas people yeah. who are very passionate about the Final Fantasy XIV community, and everyone's going to recognize you. Everyone's going to recognize you there. And it's the, only the people who are brave enough to come up and ask for a photo are the ones who will admit it, right? But I guarantee you, almost everyone in that convention knew who the two of you were. Uh, and that's because of all the hard work you guys have put into uh, Thank you, what man. you do. Yeah, Thank you. 100%. And you deserve everything. Like going on stage with so can you and all the stuff that you've had. Dude, you guys deserve you too, 100%. Though. Eh, I'm having you fun. Too. <laughs> maybe you too. Maybe they will invite you from there for I don't though. So like, uh, I've been to uh, I've I've been invited to do the PvP stuff mostly for them, mm. and I went to the NA one in 2018, uh, and did the stage work there, and that's when I first started seeing Sokid was really soaking behind the stage because that's you know, <laughs> yeah. just like. <laughs> piggybacking people just like going crazy everywhere uh and then i went to the paris one in uh in 2019 and i did it over there as well uh that's cool man but during that one it was my birthday as well <laughs> oh dude <laughs> and they sung me happy birthday on stage it was the weirdest thing <laughs> dude that's amazing i was like i need to See, walk off this is what I love about the Final Fantasy XIV team. Like they really, yeah. really are in touch with their community and they 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 nurture it yeah. in a way that you know, like it's not unique to Final Fantasy XIV. Like game devs love their communities a lot, but I think the FF14 team especially does, you know, goes above and beyond to like nurture the community a bit more than than usual, and that's yeah. very nice. 
you know i remember even like we were invited to london for a final fantasy 16 event mm -hmm. earlier this year i think it was yeah and mm -hmm. You know, even there, like Koji came to us. He's like, "Guys, oh, you're, you're here! I can't believe it!" And you know, he was yeah. such, such, such. He was a... like, "Oh my god!" And we were yeah, like, was so... "Oh my god!" Yeah, exactly. Like it was. It's mutual. The mm. feeling of mm -hmm. appreciation is mutual between the community and the developers, and that's a very unique yeah. thing to Final Fantasy XIV. And the community itself, man. Like I was, I was saying before, like. And by the way, if you have questions specifically where you want to take the conversation, we'll we'll let you go. Sure. To, I, to that. I so this but, is. This is an open talk. We could talk whatever you, whatever you guys want to talk about. What's on your mind? Those are things that I care about the most. I have some points to hit, but they don't matter as much as what is interesting to you guys because I care about you guys in the conversation more than anything else. So, <laughs> well, I want I want I want to give it up to the community because yeah, um, maybe this is a bit selfish of me to say. Uh, obviously, when they asked me to play a fan fest, I was like, of course I want to do it. But you know when you say yes to things, like you're offered something freaking great and you're like, yeah, of course I'm going to do it. And then right after you're like, how the fuck am I going to be able to do that? I've never played <laughs> live in front of anybody. Interestingly, the only other time I played live was still with Soken at the Final Fantasy 16 event in Los Angeles in June. He asked me to play like a short version of Away mm -hmm. on piano and... Even there, I was like, oh my God, what did I say yes to? And then it went completely well. Uh, so I was like, yeah, I did that experience. It was fine. It was great. Uh, but 5,000 people at the rock show with like a long fall, which is a very complicated song on bass. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so basically, I was like, yeah, of course I can, I can do it. And I spent like six months practicing it. But still, you know, adrenaline kicks in and, you know, you, you do get mm -hmm. a bit anxious. Yeah. And the community is what saved me, I think. Because this is what happened. Essentially, before the sh before me and Husky went on stage, we enjoyed the primal show from a, a specific, like a, a hidden spot where we were, mm -hmm. and then right. we were supposed to, like, you know, go backstage and then get on stage. Mm -hmm. While we were enjoying the show, initially I was like, "This is great! Oh my god, the music is so good!" Ah, and then as our time would get closer and closer, the existential yeah. threat started to sink in for me personally, and I started mm -hmm. to feel like, "Oh my god!" Like. You know, all the doubts. Like, gonna okay, die. Well, yeah, dude, like people have heard me play bass and saw me play bass online all the time. And somehow they are convinced I'm the best bass player ever. I'm not at all. I'm a beginner. I just make it look cool and make it sound cool because I'm a music producer. I'm a composer. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm a beginner bass player. And so I have this, I had this like feeling of like, well, people are expecting so much and I'm going to let them down, blah, blah, blah. Or maybe like, you know, something terrible is going to happen. I had, kept having all those thoughts. Uh, but then like, I saw the community, which I spent two days talking with and taking pictures with and just mm. hanging out with. And I was like, well, these guys are here for a great time. They're all, they've all been so nice and I want to give them a good show. But the, the thing that made the biggest difference was one person. Like among the sea of 5,000 people in front of us, everybody jumping and screaming and stuff. Mm -hmm. There was one girl, I think in a white dress, mm -hmm. which was a bit away from you know the, the madness she was in her own space closer to us and she was like dancing yeah in a, sort of like yeah. yeah in a sort of like classic ballet mm -hmm. dance and it oh. was so it was amazing beautiful and intimate and so vulnerable and i was like wow that's amazing first like that's such an interesting interpretation of the music somebody dancing like that to these songs mm -hmm. second she was like fully immersed into it Third, I was like, wow, it's 
again, super vulnerable to dance like that in front of 5,000 people. Yes, they're paying attention to the, the show in front of you, but but still, like, I was like, mm -hmm. wow, it's amazing that she feels so much at home here. And I was like, yeah, yeah I feel at home here too. And I, 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 too. I want to help contribute to this. I want to give her a great freaking time. And so I need to get out of my head and stop worrying about me and start thinking about what I can do for the community and for people like her. Because, like, for me, when I saw it, I was like, well, this for her means so much. This is her home. This is her space. Maybe she doesn't get to dance like that in her life. But here she does with 5,000 people. That's crazy. I, I'm going to mm -hmm. contribute to that. So when I got on stage, I kept thinking about that, that girl. And I did my best for her and for the community. Mm -hmm. I was still shitting myself and i did do mistakes and stuff but i had great time and i had a lot of fun and mm -hmm. if it wasn't for the fact that i was surrounded with such an amazing community that sort of inspiration and courage would not have happened so that the community gave me courage but that person specifically which i don't know her name i don't even know if she's listening but when i saw that i was like wow this is it's such a gift to be able to do this and to give people a space in which they can feel like vulnerable and like they can feel like themselves so much that they start dancing like that Mm -hmm. um, so that is the thing that unlocked me huh. and again if I was at a concert for any different any other video game that might not have, have happened I had a similar situation with the Final Fantasy 16 concert where you know I spent time with the community and then I went to stage and even there the community made me feel so like grateful and so inspired and stuff and I was like I'll do it for them but mm -hmm. the 14 is like it's hits on a different level it was it was very beautiful so Mm -hmm. You know, people, people, I think ever since the, there's been like the big World of Warcraft exodus into Final Fantasy XIV yeah. and FF14 became extremely popular. I feel like people started to say like the, the community has gotten a bit toxic or something because it's gotten too popular. No. I don't get it. I mean, I don't, I'm not playing yeah. as much now, but when I was in London, I was like, I don't know what the hell people are talking about. Like the Final Fantasy XIV community is incredible. Like, right. yes, I met a few like bad apples at the event, but... That was like 0.5%. Yeah. You know, everybody was yeah. so great. Uh, so well, that would not have been possible without them. I will say 100%, you know, the community grows. There's going to be more of everything, more positive people, a little bit more negative people. But the percentages don't, I don't think, change too terribly much. And when you're at FanFest, I will say there is a percentage. Everyone going there is spending money and excited to be there. It, you don't go there yeah. if you're a, you're a negative heart, a person who doesn't like Final Fantasy fourteen or is like just That's a true. toxic overall. You're likely less likely, at least, to show up to one of those events. Um, yeah. I mean, when you guys were talking about this, and this is how it's always felt with me, again, with the smaller stuff that I'm doing, it's nerve-wracking. I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to look stupid, whatever. I go up there, make mistakes. Uh, but once you're on stage mm -hmm. and you start doing what you do, it all goes out the window for me. Like I just focus, I'm just doing it, right? I just execute yeah. and I'm just, I feel comfortable because I'm doing stuff. And the first time I say something to hear the crowd cheer or I do something to hear them cheer and they respond, I'm locked in. I'm okay for mm. the rest of the time because I already have a positive response and I know it's not going to fall flat 100% of the time. <laughs> so yeah. that helps That's me exactly, a lot. That's exactly what happens to me on Who Wants to Be a Guillaume. Yeah. I was really nervous, but oh as soon as Alex and I entered the, the scene, the people were shouting like crazy, and I felt at home. So I started to improv some jokes, and 
people started to laugh and I was like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I can just be myself and be a full on stage and people like it. And yeah, the pressure was gone. But for the concert, uh, usually when I play uh, on when I play live, I need like two or three songs to to get used to the stress and mm. and to make the, the stress fly away. But playing a long fall, which is a difficult song, without warming up on stage before, <laughs> well, yeah, yes, the, the crowd when we entered stage was shouting like crazy and. It was really heartwarming, and we felt at home too. But I, I didn't have enough time to to chase away the stress. So mm-hmm. yeah, I did some mistakes while playing guitar because of all that. Even if I practiced it every day for six months, but I was just like, yeah, let's just party with everyone. People are happy, and mm-hmm. yeah, I was you just running I... and jumping on stage and cheering with the crowd and running mm. into Koji and Tashibana-san and right. it was amazing. You know what I love about Husky's performance? Uh, I think I may, be, I may not be correct, but I think like uh, on the second half of the song like when, when the riff comes back you did like a fucking wild solo thing there. Oh, it was a short no guitar solo. Nothing to, to do. Yeah. yeah, but I'm like, yo, like this guy <laughs> over delivered. Like it's like, nah, I'm not only going to learn the song and just jump around. I'm also going to add some new stuff in here. So like, that was super cool. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like that that's mastery in my opinion. I didn't feel like doing that at all. Like I was like, I'm not going to do any Alex stuff here because I'm going to mess it up. I'm just going to stick to the normal stuff but ask is like yeah i'll do my thing that was super super freaking yeah, cool yeah. and yeah. it is true we didn't get to warm up mm-hmm. uh and it wasn't just us feeling like the anxiety because um some staff members from the final fantasy 14 social media team were gonna do the, the you the know dance. the a long yeah. fall dance in front of five thousand people and even for them they were like quite stressed and uh two of them specifically mm-hmm. Tash, natasha and julia yeah. had been presenting a lot of the panels. So they were like, it was a tough week for them in terms of like yeah. nerves. Uh, and that was probably the apex of it. So for me, I was like, oh, I, I, I want to be like the tank who takes care of people's like well-being. So I, I tried to like hype them up. And mm-hmm. our, our, um, our warm-up was backstage before a long fall. We're just doing silly dances, mm-hmm. you know? And I was, I, I was mean, like inciting all that. Rise playing at this time. Yeah, we were like doing silly dancing ah. with Rise. And then like when the time stop happened, we, we did the time stop. So and then when the song came back on, it started dancing again. And, and somebody was shooting a video of us on their phone and we didn't realize. And then Soken published that on his channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, on I his Twitch, Twitter rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was Saki from Square Enix, the Square Enix mm-hmm. music manager. She's a legend, by the way. She's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Soken published a video and that was, you can see it on his Twitter. That was our warm up. <laughs> and it was our way to just get in the vibe. And it's just, hey, let's just be silly and have fun. And that's literally what happened. And that was our warm-up. It was quite alternative, but it was... I think right. it worked. You know what? You, know? yeah. you guys are saying uh, you made, like, a couple of mistakes. You know how many people may have even noticed that? Like, near zero, I bet, would have yeah, noticed of course. most of it. Yeah, unless if you're, like, really paying attention, a lot of people are even screaming might be covering up a lot of that stuff, too, right? The crowd making noise and rocking oh, dude, out to I'll it. I'll tell you what. Like, I mean, we all ro- love rock music here, right? Mm-hmm. We love... Probably, like, I don't know about you guys, I love listening to live albums because of the mistakes mm. like i love listening to the coldplay live version of i don't know freaking uh, 
Viva la vida, because at minute 2.33, I know that Chris Martin is going to sing the melody kind of differently. Or he's going to mm -hmm. forget the lyric. And I love when he does. So, <laughs> you know, when other people do mistakes, I'm like, oh, this is so beautiful. But obviously, like, we're all, we're right. our biggest self-critics. And it was also for me to, and for Oski, to the first time playing in front of so many people. After also yeah. having built a reputation. So there was kind of, from me, a feeling that I had to uphold a certain expectation. And that's fair. I don't think... I don't think I did actually. Just people just want to have a good time. Uh, but obviously, like the the internal fear was hard to shake off. But have, right. again, luckily the community helped in that because everybody was so amazing. Yeah. yeah, and uh, man, I'm still very, very envious of the five thousand people who were there because I wasn't there at that for this event uh, because I wasn't able to see this right. And no one, no one knew you guys were coming on stage, right? That wasn't public information oh, yeah. anywhere it was one of the hardest secrets i ever had to keep <laughs> people were asking six months, six months saying oh six will you play uh, with the primal on stage i was like oh i would love to it would be a dream <laughs> yeah yeah you yeah. didn't even <laughs> tell people i was gonna go to fantasy really it was crazy to lie at this time man yeah <laughs> there were people coming to you asking you right what? that like there were people coming to you and asking you directly at yeah, 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 yeah. That happened to me too and you know yeah. we had to like obviously you know bring somebody came to me after the show it's like i saw you yesterday in the hotel elevator you told me you're not gonna play and then you played you lied to me i'm like dude <laughs> do you think i'm gonna break nda from discord <laughs> enix like what, what the hell uh but yeah hard secret to keep but honestly like Maybe I'm a bit more used to it because my life is NDA right now. I'm working on quite a few <laughs> games and I cannot say any, like some have been announced, some I cannot say what they are. Uh, right. And it's been going on for a while. I'm like, yeah, I guess all the cool stuff will happen someday. And uh, maybe eventually people are going to hear about it. But for now, yeah, I can't talk. I mean, it made it, I'm sure, so much sweeter for everybody else. Yeah, exactly. When you guys were on stage, you weren't just on stage for yourself. I'm going to tell you that 100%. You were on stage for the community. The Final Fantasy XIV yeah. community saw you guys there as representatives of themselves on stage and making it. And to them, that was huge and special for them. When I saw pictures of it, like when I saw that, I was like, fucking yeah, all right? We're, you know, Square Enix is making decisions that, including the community, make it letting us do amazing stuff out there. You guys were out there for a lot of people besides yourself. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, you know, going up there, having fun, making everybody happy, you know, it, it meant a lot to a whole bunch of people. So, um, 100%, dude. That's why I do what I do. That's yeah. literally like for me personally, like all the music, the videos, like literally all the things that I do is to like, give people courage because that's what i needed when i started out you know like i remember i was 19 years old when i started making music at all i didn't i didn't do music before in any capacity except for composing ringtones on my nokia when i was like 10 years old mm -hmm. uh, and i was like dude i'm 19 i'm talentless uh, but i do want to make music but i don't know how to do it everybody all my idols started when they're like four years old and, and you yeah. know i was like Okay, you know what? Let me try this music thing, and I'm going to try to make it. And if I do, I'm going to try to use my story and my career as a way to inspire other people to make them feel like they can do this too. Mm -hmm. So that's like the reason, the thing you just said is like the reason behind all the things that I do. Like giving people that courage boost, that like being the ladder between like people and their dreams is what I kind of aspire to do. Yeah. So it, I'm grateful that I got to do that on stage 
you know, with Husky Socket and the band. Um, and it, it felt like a great responsibility is the way I see it. So I was also kind of a bit, a bit serious about it. Mm-hmm. So, and that's probably not always good. Like sometimes you're just going to have fun. But right. for me, it's a, it's a big responsibility, like being, being a content creator, being a musician, being in touch with people and like having people who look up to you. You know, I, I, I feel like I, I don't want to let them down, essentially. So I think that's probably where the stress was coming from a bit, too. Oh, I yeah, feel I it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I can, you know, I bet there's a lot of people. <laughs> there is a lot of people who have those daydreams of going on stage and rocking, you know, at a fan fest or something else. Like, it's not something that's just like, uh, you know, a couple people might think about. A lot of people who are musicians were like, that is like the peak of what they want to do when they're in content creation for Final Fantasy 14 or, you know, video games in general is doing exactly what you guys did. Um, and I know, I know Alex, that you have a lot of NDA things and you're working on a lot of stuff. So you have a lot of next steps ahead of you about things that you want to go, your next mountains to climb and everything else. Um, but publicly, I guess, <laughs> what are some of those mountains that you, now that you've done this, what, what is your next, like, holy crap ever? Dude, I that still want to make music for Final Fantasy in some capacity. Okay, like a That'll official, be like, like, music for it, for, like, a game or up. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it would be cool to do that with Husky. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, for me, and again, like, if I manage, to, when I, whenever I say that, I'm like, that's such a, you know, uh, such an outlandish vision. But then, like, a friend of mine did that. Like, he didn't compose music per se, but I have a friend who's from uh, from Italy, like me, from Milan, like me. His name is Paolo, and he's an opera singer, and he lives in Japan now, and he's oh, singing yeah. on FS7 yeah. Remake Integrate. And now he's singing in the Genshin Impact Concert series. Yeah. And, you know, who knows what, what else he's going to do in the future. Like, Paolo from Milan, same place as I, Italian, like me, just went to Japan, built a career for himself, and achieved his dream of singing in Final Fantasy, which is the game that made him want to become a singer. Because when he played one wing, FS7 with One Winged Angel, he heard a choir and he went crazy. He's like, I want to do that. He did that. So when I say I want to make music for Final Fantasy, it sounds outlandish, but it's not impossible. People have done that. Uh, even on Final Fantasy 16, there's a guy. I forget his name. His surname. I think his name is Justin. And he wrote some music for Final Fantasy 16. So there's people, not Japanese people, who are taking part in those games and adding their voice in there in a beautiful way. And that's something I would definitely love to do. Like, it, for me, I'm... I've, that's why I've been making also YouTube videos and stuff, because I've been trying to document my journey from where I started to making music for Final Fantasy. Because if I achieve that, then I can tell people, dude, you can go for your dreams, even if they sound outlandish, because I did that. And then people are going to be like, yeah, you did that because you're talented. Oh, you're you got favoritism. I'm like, well, go check out all the videos. <laughs> you, you can, you can if, you, if you go on my other YouTube channel, you can find a video from when I was probably 21 or 22. And I was very different. Even the way I speak is so un- so uniquely different. And you can backtrack and you can see the entire process. So that's kind of why I've been making YouTube videos. Because if I manage to like make music for a fantasy, then people can just go check out all the stuff that took me to that point and then use that mm. as an inspiration. And for me, selfishly, then I can say, I did it. I made music for a fantasy. And then I'm sure that if that happens, there's going to be an next mountain that is going to mm-hmm. feel like, now I want this. I mean... It's kind of like every anime or game ever. I mean, if you see Walker, we went to the freaking universe, fought Zeus. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, now it's time to become a pirate because why not? You know, like life is like that. So yeah, challenges yeah. are always there. But for me, I definitely love to write even mm-hmm. just one note for a 
Final Fantasy game. Uh, okay. But I, I feel happy even without doing without doing that. Like I'm, I'm pretty good at one. Me. What about you, Husky? What's your next? I would love as well to to write some music for Final Fantasy, of course. But my next, let's say, wishable uh, dream mm -hmm. uh, would be to to write a full soundtrack for a video game. Because lately, I've been doing some commissions here and here for small streamers' intros, like intros of 30 seconds, one minute, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But also, I've had some uh, indie uh, video game developers who asked me for some uh, work orchestral tracks for their games. Dude. And I enjoyed doing that a lot. Uh, I mean, writing original music for games is, is mm -hmm. yeah, it's a dream. And I started doing that at least for a few tracks here and here. But doing a full soundtrack for a game would be really, yeah, my next goal. Yeah. I would love to do that. Video game music, you know, uh, is it's kind of its own thing in a way. Like you're 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 looking at the game and you're looking like, how does this music need to fit within this part of the game and everything else too, right? I mean, there's a lot of like developing that music to make and uh, enhance mm. the moments within those games. Yeah, uh, I, I watched uh, some interviews uh, of uh, Soken and his two apprentices, uh, Ishikawa-san and Imamura-san. When they, they worked on uh, FF16, uh, and they talked a, a lot about um, making the music to serve it as an experience for the game. Mm. And when we first met uh, Michael Cody Fox in, uh, for the FF16 uh, preview uh, test, he told us that uh, Soken usually uh, waits for the to, to play a gameplay um, yeah that's the best way to go about it a, a, a gameplay demo to finally the track and and write it properly mm -hmm. and that's crazy because he rushed at the last time to be to be sure that it's the right thing to do for the game mm -hmm. so he was to play it before that and th that's crazy yeah i mean with final fantasy 16 especially like yeah. uh i mean that's also I don't know how most people do it, but I think that's the best way to go about it because sometimes you can write a very kick-ass track, but then stuff even just like maybe the tempo is too fast. And Final Fantasy 16 is a weird case. Like people don't often think about this, but like I can't think of many uh, high fantasy or dark fantasy medieval high-speed action games. Like. Usually, high-speed action games have a bit of futuristic stuff in them, like, you know, Devil May Cry comes to mind. They're just modern sounds, right? Mm -hmm. So then you can, you can be like, well, you know, it's set in a modern world. I can use electronic, electronic music, electronic sounds. That's easy, right? So, but with Final Fantasy XVI, I was, even before the game came out, I tried to make this imaginary boss theme for it, just based on what I saw in the trailers. And I remember being like, this is a great theme. I really like it. It's one of my favorite tracks I ever made. Uh, but I don't know if it's going to work in the game, because... The tempo may not work for such a fast-paced game. Mm -hmm. So it it must have been like a very, very, very tough challenge to find the right genre which matches the intensity of the combat and, and all that stuff. So I'm very impressed with the what they did. Yeah. I mean, and uh, to be honest, though, I mean, when you put like Soken behind any of this stuff, 
yeah. your bar is already <laughs> kind of high, yeah. right? The expectations are already I would have said he's a shooting hero. He keeps living it up, living it all the time. Yeah. It's just crazy when I, I think about just everything Soken has really done and made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tracks and made some really just amazing music. And he still has all of this energy and he's still so high spirited. All right. Mm. Um, I mean, out of everybody, I mean, the developers are amazing. Right. I, talking to them behind the stage and everything, they're all really great people. But Soken has the energy. The, the highest energy out of all of them. He's a storyteller. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. about this a lot. Like, I'm like, because I'm a composer, right? And yeah. I spend way more time than I care to admit, like, dissecting composers and, like, their music and their personality and their work ethic and all this stuff. And Soken is a very unique case because, damn, man, like, he has such an enthusiasm in his personality and in his music as well and the way he approaches it is like perme like it gets permeated by that enthusiasm mm -hmm. and i often ask myself like why is he so like magnetic and i think he is such a great storyteller mm. you know like dude freaking like one of my one of my favorite tracks from final fantasy 14 and walker right now is hickson to leonis which is like the hesperos theme yeah hesperos. Uh, mm. dude like who in their right minds would ever write like your your employer tells you, oh, we have this boss level, and you're fighting a guy that looks like a evil vampire with glasses. Who in the right mind would reply, oh, I got the right idea in mind. I'm gonna write a surf rock track with gothic vibes and happy melodies and creepy as fuck lyrics, which also happen to be super horny. Who does that? <laughs> you know, like Soken and Koji did that. Yeah. That's yeah. And it works 14, perfect, though. by the way, to describe... Yeah, and it works perfectly to describe <laughs> yeah. Pandemonium as well. Mm -hmm. And to describe, you know, Asferos as well. And it... Have you, listened to, have you listened to the Timeless one too? It's the final uh, boss from... Is it the Athena? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know it, it, it takes those same, like, ideas and, like, variations. Yeah, my, my, right? my, favorite part, my favorite part in this song is actually, uh, at the end, there is a callback to Hitting Leoness, actually. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I yeah, love yeah. it. Oh, it's so yeah, so that's, you know, that's again storytelling. Like, Soken mm. reuses motifs a lot. And somebody in the chat asked me, like, if I prefer Uematsu or Soken's style. I think Soken, like, takes a lot from Uematsu, even in the way that themes are repurposed and reused. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he's, of all the Final Fantasy composers, I think he's the one that gets closest to Uematsu, but still does his, his own thing. Um, and, yeah, it's just fascinating to see how he, he goes about all that. And personally, I mean, I wouldn't know who my favorite Final Fantasy composer is. I think probably like either Wematsu or Hamauzu are the mm. ones that I'm like, inesc I'm inescapably bound to, to them. But Soken also is like a huge inspiration for sure. Like, mm -hmm. you know. And in terms of enthusiasm, I don't think I know a composer who's more enthusiastic and more magnetic than Soken. Both in his music and in his personality, to be honest. Yeah. He's a rock star. There are, I mean, there are many. He, yeah. He's a rock star and he looks yeah. always happy. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and not only that, like, dude, like, because people know him for, obviously, like, the, the tracks where he writes, you know, he has lyrics and stuff, you know, mm -hmm. uh, boss themes, etc. But, like, when we were at the uh, Final Fantasy XIV Eorzean Symphony and we heard Soken's music performed by the BBC Orchestra, 
Dude. Oh dude, even the oh. instrumental tracks, even like the Gridania theme and stuff, chills, yeah. dude. Like in that moment, I realized like how freaking like this guy can write. The, the orchestra turned good films, just good films like the first cities films, into actual bangers. That was crazy. And the, the thing like, is I like realize all the details in yeah. the music. And they like the details were already there. Like, of course, they've been orchestrated to like be yeah. more prominent and stuff. But those tracks were already written like that. You know, those melodies, those chord progressions, or those ideas, like those stories that you feel, like when you hear like the Gridania theme or the Uldad, Limsad, all those cities, they are freaking six minutes long because they have to tell an entire story about all the people living there, the divinities, etc. And so can is able to do that. He's an such an incredible storyteller, be it with music or even just with words. When you talk to him, it's so much fun. Mm. Uh, he's incredible, really. Uh, so he's a very unique composer. Yeah, I was fortunate that, enough. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm just saying the praise is like well deserved. Yeah. There's people sometimes who may criticize like, oh, he uses the melodies in a way that I don't like. That's fair. Like everybody has their own taste, right? But mm -hmm. nobody can say he's not an incredible storyteller. Yeah, he absolutely. Is. Um, absolutely. And I was fortunate enough to be at the 2014 Fan Fest, the first one that they did for, two, uh, for Final Fantasy XIV over in, and I was in Vegas as well. And there was a rock concert at the end of it, and everyone was like, oh, okay, that's cool. A couple people yeah. were like, I'm just going to leave, you know, I got I got to work the next day or something. Dude. No one knew the primals <laughs> at that point. So... But once they came on stage and they had all these robes on to look like the Asians and everything else, and they just fucking rocked out there and they start playing the time wow. theme song and everybody's like, holy shit, what is happening? And we have all these feelings and emotions. And then Soka just Dude. comes up to the mic. He's just like, fuck Titan! And just like, he was rocking. <laughs> <It's> like, just... <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Dude, you know what I love? Like, at the concert in London, they were playing, uh, playing, um, you know, the new songs as well. And one that really stuck with me is dedicated to Moonlight, which also happens to be one of my favorite of the new tracks. Mm. Uh, there's this moment in dedicated to Moonlight. I think it's like close to the end, the final chorus, mm -hmm. where they start doing some ad lips and like just screaming like of joy, like Whoop! or something like that mm -hmm. out of nowhere. Uh, as an encore to like the, the that chorus, like you hear it one last time, we make it more euphoric by adding some ad lib screaming. That sort of enthusiasm in the track is so beautiful and it works so well musically. But in terms of like what it means for for them as humans, I'm like, dude, here you are. You're in your like late forties. Like all the primates are in their late forties. They call themselves an osan band, which is like the Japanese word for uncle. Uh, they're an uncle band. <laughs> Here, the, here is this, this band, this uncle band from Japan, playing music that is so uplifting and so rocking and having the greatest time ever. And you can feel it in the music. You can feel it in the way it was recorded, in the way it's played live. And it's so freaking cool. When I see that and when I hear that song, I'm like, dude, I want to be like that in my late 40s. You know, that's like something Absolutely. to aspire to. Like, when I... That track left me with that impression. I mean, all the concert was great, but that track specifically is so uplifting. It's such a, you know, carefree tune, so, like, youthful, that I'm like, dude, fuck, these guys are, like, rocking out in the late 40s like they're 20 years old. 
Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, full of energy also. Yeah. I mean, the concept just said one hour, and even at the end when we play, they were still full of energy. I was like, yeah, oh. yeah. They, oh they're they're seasoned. They, at this point, they they know what they're doing. They've done a lot of these these uh, concerts, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think, um, I think they're gonna do it into their 60s to be honest. <laughs> they're probably gonna carry yeah, probably. for a while they're gonna come probably, up with like dude. gray hair and everything else just rocking out and just uh pushing it as hard as they can because like that's what they love to do this is this is what they love and uh, the final fantasy 14 community gives them the energy to keep moving forward too right there's so yeah, much like, high praise that just pushes them forward and it's like rocket fuel for doing this kind of stuff. I'm like thinking about, because I, I asked Gun if he, you know, I'm like, oh, is this your first time playing in London? And he's like, no, I played once before, if I'm wrong. He's like, I play another Primers concert here. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, like, I, I obviously don't know the answer to this, but I, I would assume maybe these are some of the biggest concerts they play that, right? I'm assuming. But well, yeah. these are not people who started playing recently. These are people who just music is their life and it has been for forever, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember in our interview with Sokin and we asked him like, you know, when he picked up music and he's like, oh, my dad played trumpet and stuff. And I played that when he's like in high school, I met some bad, bad people, bad friends, Warui <laughs> and bad boys. And they got me into rock. And I'm like, dude, imagine this person going through the like these people like this the band, right? They go through their entire lives dedicated to music, and then in their 40s, late 40s, they have this massive payoff, and they play, like, you know, they're back when they discovered music for the first time. Like, dude, fuck, man. Like, people sometimes feel like, oh, I haven't made it in my 30s. I'm too late. I'm, you know, I'm not Mm. a success. I'm like, dude, there's people... It's so reaffirming to see people, like, in their late 40s, just having the time of their lives, Mm -hmm. you know, and having that payoff. And then I'm sure, like, you know, obviously for them, it's, like, euphoric to play in front of so many people, but, like, music is euphoric. I think Sokin would do it regardless of yeah. the results, right? Same for the primals, etc. But there's mm-hmm. something special about that track because every time I hear it and I hear that final passage where it's just a scream, mm-hmm. um, that, that's the story it tells me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's very touching in a way. Like, yeah. it's, it's never too late, kind of. No, it's it, that that's it's we we live in a world where you could get really famous when you're in your fifties or sixties even. I mean, there's there's lots yep. of people. Uh, you know who who is that grandmother who played Skyrim and actually got kind of famous? Dude, she's so I'm cool. obsessed with that channel. <laughs> she's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> she's known as the Skyrim grandma, right? And uh, she's mm. I don't know what she did previously in her life, but right now she's probably very happy with her state mm. right and what she's doing and that is that keeps you kind of moving as well knowing at any point you know you could get into a situation to where you're very comfortable and happy with what you're doing um and sometimes it takes a lot longer <laughs> but yeah. you know uh it, it's never uh, completely out of reach nothing really is like that so no life is life is you know life has seasons there's many seasons and they all can look very different. One thing's for sure, like if one day you uh, amount to a huge success, it's also because of all the stuff you did before. Like, mm-hmm. as I said before, when we were just shooting the shit privately, yeah, I'm ready to bet we would not have been on stage with Sokin if it wasn't for you. Oh, you know, I, I no, will but shoot I, that down every time, <laughs> dude. I'm telling you, if it wasn't for you, 
because you were the one who linked up, like you you helped to make like the Sokan interview happen uh, back in the days, and that's when we meet Sokan and Husky got to really know each other, and that opened the door to other possibilities, but. Mm-hmm. Might not have happened because, we, dude, there's so many incredibly talented musicians in the Final Fantasy XIV community, way more talented than me for sure, who probably deserved it more. <laughs> and I'm the one who went on stage. And that's just luck. And that's also like the, the stuff I did in my life in the past took me to this moment. So, what, what I want to say is like, you know, if one person reaches their success in their 60s, all the stuff they did before is still very important for that to happen. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, this isn't just me trying to tell people if you're like 36, and you feel like you haven't amounted too much. Just wait. Like maybe you will, and you're gonna be grateful for the way you live. You live your life. Did you guys know I'm 36? <laughs> Dude, I thought you'd be younger. <laughs> I'm 30. I'm Honestly. 36. I'm 36. Uh, yeah, I'm an old man. <laughs> nah, man. <laughs> but you, you don't. You. I mean, listen. 36 is also fucking young. Let's be honest. You know, I, I'm 30, but I have the back of. Something who, someone who <laughs> is 60. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, a lot of my my back pains and everything else are. It's gonna get, catch up to me. My daughter's gonna just destroy my body. I'm sure by just like oh. having to carry her around and everything oh, else. Uh, getting those the dad muscles and the dad extra little fat layers too. <laughs> just like everything's coming <laughs> over. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, when when we were going back, because I've been doing Mog Talk since 2015. All right, I've been doing podcasts and I've been doing this stuff. And when I started, I had no podcast experience. I had no experience with just trying to host these little meetings and conversations, everything else. I was like, this is just what I want to do, right? I did the 2014 mm. Fan Fest. I love talking to people about Final Fantasy XIV. It felt like such a, a huge atmosphere of just getting around with people who all had the same interests that you don't usually get to talk about these things that you love so much because pe- these kind of people aren't always around you. And so it was my way of bringing people together and talking about these conversations, uh, talk, having talking about Final Fantasy fourteen topics in general. Mm. And so you know that evolved, whatever. And you guys are out there, Husky's rocking his ass off. Everybody's like, Husky goes rock, man. Everything goes rock, and they're just like <laughs> fucking <laughs> watching this stuff. Then Alex is, comes up and is like, everything goes funky, right? Oh yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> making everything super funky. I was like, man, everybody oh, loves. Simply both of your content and it wasn't just you know the final fantasy 14 community the uh, you know social media from final fantasy 14 as well their team was liking your stuff retreating like co- commenting on it Sokin was commenting on your stuff too right there's some loose connection already there and that one time that i brought you on and you're just like man it'd be my dream to talk to Sokin. all the the pieces that made sense to <laughs> make that happen was already there i just messaged someone that talked to me about other stuff already i was like can you make this happen <laughs> can you just connect this i don't know how to exactly this needs to go down i don't know like the format i don't know the process or anything else but these two people should be talking to Sokin in some way uh and this would be good and i didn't have to do anything else that was literally it because i knew oh, that- all the pieces were in place right that's like you know just like with many things in life right it's People rarely do anything alone. Like, it's all about the contributions of many that create a certain result that oftentimes is kind of endemic. And, you know, I, I think back to when I was starting out with my dreams and music and I didn't really know anybody. And when I read online about advice about music, like how to build a career, it's like some people would say, oh, well, it's about who you know or 
you need to have many mm-hmm. friends and stuff. Yeah. And I used to be like, mm-hmm. dude, I'm freaking 19 in Milan. There's nobody here. Uh, I don't know anyone. So I'm, I'm, the, the, the odds are rigged and stacked against me and stuff. I would feel resentful when I read an answer about it's about who you know. But now that I'm older and I've, you know, I've went through my path, I'm, I realized what that actually meant, which is like, it's not, oh, you need to make as many friends as possible, network in a strategic mm-hmm. way. But I think now that I'm older and I, you know, I've had stuff happen to me, I realized many, not just when we Final Fantasy fourteen, but so many of the things that happened to me in my life and my career would not have happened if it weren't for people that I met on the way. Mm-hmm. Even like, the, you know, people comp- compliment me on my clothing style a lot. I have a friend whose name is Nathan and he lives in London and he's one of the most smart, stylish people I know. And if it wasn't for him, I would not have learned to dress the way I do. Oh, you know, okay. this watch that I have is not really fancy. People often commented, this is just a gift from a friend of mine. And mm-hmm. I carry it to remember to be generous like him. This is another gift from a friend of mine. Like literally all the things about stuff that I wear, the person I am, the stuff I accomplished is because of people I met on the way. And it's not impossible to make friends on the way as long as you just start and do something interesting and just talk to people that are yeah. interesting and eventually like you just make friends and stuff happens like we all played final fantasy 14 you know like you talk to a random npc and then they become like a <laughs> very important part of your story and you become yeah. a very important part of their story so i don't think i can t- take credit of any stuff that happened to me 100 percent. nobody can take credit 100 percent of the stuff that happened to them or to others but we all kind of build our stories together in a way you I know mean, so i'm grateful to you i'm grateful to ask you. i'm grateful to like you know, when we were at the at FanFest, it just dawned upon me just how many people came together to make that happen. Even the fact of us walking on stage, you know, the people, stage lighting managers, the people backstage helping us, like, patch up with all the cables and stuff. Saki from Square Enix Music, Koji, Soken, the mm-hmm. band, and, like, there were so many people helping. Hundreds of people. Yeah, mm-hmm. that you're like, I can't do this alone, you know? Yeah. Nobody mm-hmm. can. So I'm grateful to all of them. Uh, equally. Yeah, it was funny. Like when I was doing the stage stuff, I don't know if you guys had anyone do your makeup or anything, but I don't have my makeup <laughs> ever. Right? That's just yeah. I, I'm I'm just yeah. one of those people who who doesn't take advantage of that. And so, uh, they had like a someone doing makeup and someone doing uh, hairstyling and stuff on there. I was like, thank you for for literally making me look a little less bad because <laughs> there's going to be pictures of me everywhere or like no, not everywhere but enough pictures out there that like i want to make sure when i'm out there that i'm looking at least as best as i can <laughs> and so they helped me they strained things out there I, I was like hey should i leave this unbuttoned button they're like leave it unbuttoned and i was like i took their direction because that's what they do and if yeah. they didn't like do that part of it i could have not looked as good on stage or i could look worse or i could have done some really stupid stuff right uh yeah dude and so though you you're an attractive motherfucker if i say so myself uh, and somebody in chat is really yeah, yeah. also yeah. but it's it, it definitely <laughs> gives a confidence boost like i you know with, with the gillionaire uh mm-hmm. i saw that happen to some of my team members you know they were kind of like oh god oh, also because they have not shown themselves publicly that much and they're like, wow, I'm going to go public out on many, in front of 5,000 people for the first time. Oh my God, what the hell? Ah. Then the makeup artist did their magic and suddenly like confidence boost. And I'm like, yeah, you know, here that's, we are. 
they know what they know what they're doing. It's not just yeah. about the physical. Yeah. It's uh, really cool to see. Yeah, speaking yeah. of the makeup, uh, Alex and I also did have some makeup before the Who Wants to Be a Gillionaire, mm-hmm. but it was mostly for the anti shiny thing, uh, for the, the <laughs> yeah, life in yeah, head so, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So w- when they did put that on me, uh, there were there was uh, Amanda Ashen uh, right behind me, mm-hmm. uh, who was getting uh, her hairstyle done and her makeup too for a uh, piano concert mm-hmm. and she was singing all the time and oh, it was lovely <laughs> wow <laughs> wait was that amanda you said yeah yeah it was yeah. amanda yeah yeah amanda. Dude, she's, she's got the voice she's, of an angel she, yeah. and she's an amazing human being as well we, we yeah. talked a lot on backstage and she's so cool yeah she's so yeah cool. during uh, the the uh, during the concert before we went on stage and we were on our private small like spot mm-hmm. uh yeah. amanda was there with us and during titan her and her boyfriend and their yeah. friends started mosh pitting no and so really? we went uh, into the mosh pit, as well. mosh pit. <laughs> yeah it was, so fun. it was so much fun she she was oh, yeah. really into it it was great she's she's yeah. amazing same yeah. for jason like jason is jason is so awesome he's so handsome yeah. he's so generous mm-hmm. and and he like He's so funny, and he's also so wise. I, I consider him to be kind of like Gandalf. He's always calm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In, a, in okay, the best okay. way possible. I remember, like, yeah. I went to LA, uh, and he's based in LA. Uh, he mm. travels a lot, constantly busy all the time because he tours, etc. Mm. But mm. the first time I went to LA, he was in town, and he texted me, like, a few, like just one hour after I land. He's like, not, not even an hour. He, he texted me before I land. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Hey, I'll see you at your hotel at this time. And I'm like, dude, I arrived 10 minutes before. That's fine. Just put your bags and I'll take you around the day. I arrive to the hotel. Five minutes after, Jason, sure enough, is in the lobby. I go downstairs. He's like, I came with my car. Now I'm going to drive you through the town. And he just showed me all the most important spots of LA. And Jason, like, he lived a lot of, you know, uh, rock history. And he's Mm -hmm. connected to many people from that industry. Uh, used to be friends with Ozzy and stuff like and he would just drive me through like you know Sunset Strip this is like oh in that bar that's where they discovered the doors and Motorhead used to play here a lot and we went to all those places he just took time out of his schedule to just give me the tour of LA five minutes after I landed Mm -hmm. and then he brought me back to the hotel and just disappeared and I'm like dude (laughs) he didn't have to do that like He's such a busy man and all this stuff, but he made busy the time. Moment, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Like, he, honestly, like, and whenever I talk to him, he's just, you know, he's so funny and he's so wise and it's a great freaking time. And uh, I love him dearly. And obviously his voice is like stupidly good. Like, yeah, it's unfair how, how amazing his voice is. But not just <laughs> that, like people don't know that, but he also is like a singer songwriter, uh, composer. Uh, he mm-hmm. does a lot. He, he right. writes about original music that sounds very cool, and then he does Final Fantasy stuff, and he's a voice actor for 7,000 games. Like, you know when people are, like, incredibly talented, you're like, well, okay, I bet you're only talented because maybe, like, maybe you're a flawed human, but you're a talented. No, Jason is an amazing human. He's super talented as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, he's, he, you know, he's got it all. It's um, surreal talking mm-hmm. to people like that, right? Because you're, like, I, I, right, I remember his band from back in the 90s, Cause you know, Godhead, yeah, yeah. I remember Godhead, uh, and it's surreal to think that like there is some sliver of connection there, 
uh, like I sent him a DM not too long ago. And it's just like, how am I talking to this person? Right? <laughs> does it does it make any sense that a connection is actually happening here, where I can have a conversation with them? You know what's even this is just a small random tangent on on that topic, I guess. Though uh, there is one you guys, uh, what what's the f oh, God Dragon Force? You guys all are familiar with Dragon Force, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. And so, dude was up at a uh, streaming one day, streaming like. 300 people or something it's not like for him someone who's as big as him i'm like that's not that many people and i was like i wonder let me just ask him a question about guitars right uh and so i asked him a question about you know someone told me to pick up the acoustic and practice on it to get for electric and he's like nah man don't worry about that they're two different instruments completely and i'm like i just had a was that a, a, a herman lee yeah herman lee yeah yeah yeah. it was no oh, he's great it just had a he's fucking great. response from this guy like that from this mm. i've listened to their music driving rocking out to it whatever and played it on uh guitar hero right mm. it, it is so big that there you s somehow made a connection there i mean even the people who did like critical role like all those voice actors and everything oh, yeah. that's why i like i tweeted at them and then they would respond to me I'm like how am i having they are so nice a conversation or like a message that is going back and forth between these people that seems so far away right dude but like so i used to think that but then i think probably it's for me it's been a combination of i've met enough people of enough of my idols to be like yeah they're just people like me but also like i've been in the situation where people talk to me and i reply and they're like oh my god you replied to me i'm like well i'm a i'm a guy like why are you shocked that i replied to you so i'm i've been <laughs> on both sides and i think but just the thing is like like attracts like, right? You have great energy and you attract people with great energy to you as well. If you didn't, maybe they wouldn't talk to you. So when you see like that happen, mm -hmm. it's it tells you something about them that they're generous and stuff, but it also tells you something about you. Like you have a cute energy and people, you know, true. catch on to that and they want to be around you. Yeah. So there's not a lot of difference between them and you, to be honest, as people. <laughs> okay. No, people, I, maybe, listen. Maybe, uh, yeah, okay. Like, I'm talking about like the outside of all the accomplishments right, right, and the accolades right, 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 right. and stuff the human right mm -hmm. the person yeah. there are awesome people resilient determined dreamers mm -hmm. and i think those are all words that i can use to describe you uh i told you many times and that's i bet your community would agree with that i you're cut from the same cloth You've buttered me up so much right now. If anyone tried to no, get me, they'd probably have a heart attack. So I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, that's true, dude. Like when you think about it. Yeah. Well, uh, so yeah, I appreciate you saying that. I, I've never been a person who could take compliments very well. That's just part of my personality, how I grew up and circumstances that led to all that stuff and everything else. Uh, dude, that's fine. Yeah. But yeah, you guys are absolutely just amazing people in general. I mean, 100% have those qualities that you just mentioned. <laughs> um, and it's just so crazy to think like a game being involved with Final Fantasy 14, man, getting us to the point of where we are right now. Things that were just like cool little dreams of doing something. Right. And then it's evolving into something much bigger and it just keeps evolving. I am fortunate enough to be able to do this stuff and talk to people and talking to Yoshida, right? That was a big deal when I sat in a chair in front of Yoshida and I'm like, I got to ask you some questions. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to talk about your game. 
<laughs> Can you tell me about Brady? <laughs> just like <laughs> having those conversations is pretty surreal too, right? Were you able to like to speak without trembling? Or were you like, oh. it was a little rough. It was, I, I did yeah. it. I did it. I did it. When we met him at the 16 uh, preview six months ago, I was way too shy to talk to him. And Alex was like, hey, let's uh, say hello to Yushipi and, and Koji Fox. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm that guy. <laughs> like, I, 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 I have a friend who but works at Square Enix. The second time, oh, my, oh, camera, oh. my camera is uh -oh. eating too much. Oh, but, okay, uh, it's okay. Can you still it's hear fine. me? It's a beautiful. We can echo. hear you. You can go. Yeah, yeah you okay. keep going. Um, yeah, and the second time uh, as a fan fest, um, well, because it was the second time, I was much more at ease to talk to him, and I, I was brave enough to tell him, "Hey, I loved FF16 a lot. Thank you for everything you done." And Dude. yeah, it became my favorite Final Fantasy story. Mm, and the, the man literally came to hug you, so I think you yeah, got the approval to also, talk to him. Yeah, uh, yeah, but he he really like, I I saw him light up when you said that. I was mm. like, that's such a nice thing to say, yeah. you know, because obviously like many people are here for Final Fantasy XIV, but like, mm. I'm sure he put a lot of his soul into Final Fantasy XVI. Also, it's like a you know very different and it has controversial because it's such a different take compared to other Final Fantasies. And I'm ready to bet that that compliment for him like meant a lot, yeah. for that reason. So it's that was very nice of you, Oscar. It's also really strange to be honest with you when I'm like backstage. Uh, and uh, by the way, Husky, if you wanted to like turn your camera on and off and mess with it a little bit, you can't. The cameras will fly. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I, that, that, I don't know. Yeah, I wonder what happened. Work. Yeah, either way. But I mean, like the uh, the thing with like Yoshida and like doing stuff backstage. I don't want to take his time. Like, I want to say hi. I want to say things to him. But I'm like, there is so many important things that he is doing. And he's about to go yeah. on stage. And every once in a while, like, I'll catch a moment and I'll say something to him. Like, I, we were talking about uh, when we are doing the thing where they were rewarding the check to the people who won PvP, right? And he was just kind of... Mm. Yeah, like sitting back waiting for people to rehearse up on stage and just kind of waving it around a little bit uh mm. and it's like yeah you know you should sign it or something it's like yeah, yeah and so like they went out and he started <laughs> he blew that in there uh and i thought that was pretty cool too because it didn't have a spot to sign it or anything and so mm. you know a little back and forth and imi is i don't know if imi was there in europe was imi in europe i don't the translating I don't for uh him i don't think so Okay, okay. No, I don't think it was. Uh, well, Aimee has been to a lot of events and been like his translator. Oh, she was there? Okay, okay, oh, okay. She, okay. She, okay. He, oh, it's a she. she. I'm, so, I'm sorry, I thought it was a she. Uh, no, no, she, I she. I don't know if it matters. Uh, okay, she was. I could maybe find her Twitter. You can tell me if you recognize her, but I mean, it's... That's uh, fine. I'll tell your story. Yeah, no, no, no. Aimee uh, was doing a translation, and she's always so happy to do it and go back and forth, and uh, literally without her following around Yoshida and being that little person between, I'd be in trouble. And I've had some good conversations with her too. Yeah. Uh, but Yoshida can understand a good amount of what you say in English. Cause I could hear him recognizing some of the things before it gets translated mm. to. Mm. Um, 
But that being said, like, uh, same kind of, not exact same feeling, but uh, there's a similar feeling after I was done on stage, this recent one over in uh, Vegas. Uh, I went back, I high-fived my co-commentator, Brian Ricardo, and then Yoshida was back there clapping and bowing and everything. I just went up to him and I just gave him a huge hug and he ah. came in, accepted the <laughs> embrace and it, it, it felt good. Because I've been, uh, I've been interacting with him in some way for quite a while. Like the world race, you know, mm. they, they watch a lot of that stuff too. Uh, and they're, there's they're super cool about a whole bunch of this stuff and so that is my my piece <laughs> of the content creation puzzle with him is the uh world race stuff for the most part um yeah and it's it's really cool to uh be able to have those interactions and know these people know who you are and then yeah. you get to see them yeah. verify they know who you are in person it's a whole nother a whole mm -hmm. nother trip that's uh, a skill, you know, like to be able to remember people mm -hmm. and to be able to like, you know, that like he has a lot going on in his hands, of course. And he has a, an insane amount of people who want his attention and stuff. And, you know, the mm -hmm. fact that he remembers. Yeah. I'm like, dude, like not only is it like, you see, like I was talking about Sogan on how he's like very enthusiastic, even outside of music. And Yoshi P is like, he's awesome in the same way. Not only is he able to like make this freaking incredible games and overwork himself like that to make those happen but he's also able to be such an amazing you know uh showman i would say you know yeah. because the stuff he does and how he interacts yeah. with the community like it's not required to do it most mm -hmm. game directors don't do it but yeah. he under, like even like the, the fan fantasy london when he showed up at the the first thing you saw was like him with the viper co like uh cosplay mm -hmm casting the shadow against the screen that was super cool like you don't have to do that you don't have to like show up at your convention wearing cosplay from the game that you're directing but he does mm -hmm. that he goes above and beyond and that's that's yoshi p yeah and I, uh yeah. i kind of hope that he is a positive change within the game industry overall with just how much he does and how personable he is and how well he interacts with the communities and everything i think a lot of people were probably picking up on like how successful uh the ip is because of him <laughs> there is a lot of success yeah. in the final fantasy uh overall universe i guess because of yoshida um and so i think a lot of people are probably going to be picking up on that and hopefully we'll see positive changes overall i think it's a it's a very unique team because even when koji have you heard the story uh, for example, the story of uh, Thal's balls. Like why? Why the divinity is called Naltal? Do, do you? Know I don't know if I remember story? it. I feel like I've heard it, but I don't remember it. Essentially, if I'm not wrong, right? Cozy mm. wanted to. They, they were asking, "Hey, we need to twelve divinities or something for our game or whatever." And he he likes to swear a lot. The, the video is on yeah. YouTube. He's like mm -hmm. he likes to swear a lot. And what's the best, what, what best way is there to swear if not like swearing with a mm -hmm. god's name or something? And so he wanted, uh, you know, something that would rhyme with ball. Mm -hmm. So he's like, oh, Thor, Thor balls, Thor's ball. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds great. Swear. We can put it <laughs> in the game. And then they were like, oh, Thor is such a short name for a god. We cannot, you know, and, and he's like, okay, well, let's do a god who's split in two and his name is Nal Thor and one half is called Thor. <laughs> so that way people can say Thor's ball. The only reason why Nalthal is two gods is because he wanted 
I got named Thor, <laughs> so you can do Thor's balls. And I'm like, who does that? Like, who who creates a universe on the pretense of create? Like, I want this guy to be there just so that people can swear with his name. Like, yeah. Koji adds so like the, I think mm-hmm. one of the biggest reasons why Final Fantasy XIV is so funny is also Koji for sure. You know, mm. uh, another reason why the FF14 team is so in touch with the English community. Koji for sure. Like, so. When you got Yoshi P, you got Koji, you got, you know, uh, Soken, and you got Saki from Screenings Music, you got mm-hmm. the Primals, and all the people like working there, the, the social media managers, etc. Like, you got such an incredible Avengers cast that I, I think there's probably one, one team like that in a million or something. Like, there's so right, many yeah. game development teams, but one yeah. with that level of synergy between the, the key members and mm-hmm. is quite unique. You know, yeah. Um, so it's really like Final Fantasy XIV is sort of like a miracle. Also, considering that again, that game came out from the ashes of a previous failed version, right? Mm-hmm. The 1.0. You know, so the, it's uh, on top hmm. of all that too. Uh, I don't know about everyone uh, on the development team, but I know Yoshida is like a, a father. He has a family, right? He has all this stuff. He has a time. Think, yeah, I like, didn't know. Uh, yeah, and I wow. was like, I don't. I, I, I don't know how he does everything he does yeah. with all of that as well, but he, he talks every once in a while, he'll talk about how his uh, son He's is talking about life. Fortnite or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. He'll, he has uh, these little conversations. Like, you know, Fortnite did this thing a while back where they destroyed the entire game, right, and brought it back. Yeah. And then mm. his son was like, oh, that's so cool. He's doing it. I was like, he, he was like, I did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What do you mean? The world can think that you're the coolest person ever, but your son, sons and daughters might think like, oh, you're just my dad. You're not cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it is a, it's a trend between. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think it's, it's so funny. It, that him knowing that gives me also personal inspiration myself because I have a daughter, right? And I have a family yeah. too. That like even with like having a, a relationships and stuff that will kind of take up your time and it's extremely important. You are still able to pursue and do what you want to do and be good at it uh, and uh, somehow keep a balance there. And so that, that gives me some level of inspiration myself. Um, and yeah, then, dude. I don't know about the other developers, but that's just the one thing I remembered about Yoshida. Just get us around you with amazing people. Like honestly, Square Enix is a very amazing company for that reason. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, I... I went to their studios in London a bunch of times. I mm. met some people from the Japan team and stuff. Um, there's another friend of mine from Italy who works as a programmer in Square Enix Japan. On He worked on FS7 Remake, Kingdom Hearts and stuff. And so I know a bunch of people who work there. And every person I talk to from Square Enix is like the protagonist of their own anime, <laughs> essentially. Like They're all so unique and so amazing. And if you stop and ask them about their story, it's going to surprise you. You're going to be like, wow, what the fuck? <laughs> I understand why these games come out so well, because every single person working at this company is a freaking legend they, they in, are, in their own way. They are all so passionate. And yeah, I yeah, met dude. a lot of them at the Square Enix uh, London HQ too, but also at the, the after party we had after the, the Primal Conference. Oh, yeah. I met so many people with such interesting stories and they dedicate all mm-hmm. their passion for this company and it pays off a lot and this is why we have so so interesting games, such lovely communities, 
it's mm. really because these people are so much invested into it. Yeah. And you, it's hard from to remember. Us, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean, even even the, the influencer staff, the PR staff, uh, the community, uh, the developers, I mean, absolutely everyone contributes to it. And that's really amazing. Big shout out I, to all of them. When I was in LA at the Final Fantasy 16 event and I was doing the music panel with Soken and Koji, mm. it was uh, Helen, the translator, who mm. was helping translate the dialogue between us. And yeah. me and Soken kept spitting jokes at one another. And, <laughs> and she had to translate all of that. And she translated them with such great care and enthusiasm and reenacting of the jokes that it was, I was like, wow, she's over delivering. And even I watched the, the replay on Twitch and even the chat was like, give a raise to that woman because she's, you know, she's the best. And there, there's yeah. no corners that are cut in these games. And when I work on games myself, like that's one thing I think about very often. I'm like, I don't want to be the, mis the, the weak link here. I, want, I don't want the music to be like the cut corner. I want to do the very best I can. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so that the game is better for it. And I think at Square Enix, every single person who works in those games has that mentality, and that's why they come out as nice as they do. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I may, I may be biased. I fucking love Square Enix games. That's my favorite uh, yeah. game developer, but that's yeah. also the impression I got while talking to people there. You know, you, you know? mentioned that jokes are really hard to translate sometimes. They're yeah. very difficult because there's context behind some of those jokes that doesn't translate automatically. Yeah, <laughs> and, culture difference too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's rough. So kudos to literally every translator who makes that stuff work. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, and when we're talking about, we're saying so much positive stuff about <laughs> you know developers and everything else. Sometimes we say negative stuff here. Uh, but that's when people are salty about like the game mechanics or something else, right? And that's just people who get really passionate will become critical as well over these little things. But once you go to these fan fests, and you start interacting with people and you see all this stuff in person too. It's so easy to just like say, all right, anything that I said bad in the past, delete it, <laughs> get rid of it. There's, I don't ever yeah. want to be critical about that's, these people because of how that's probably what I'm. That's probably why I'm a casual player, personally. Oh, okay. Because, you know, I... Dude, so I remember raiding back when the only thing we had was, like, the Binding Cove of Bahamut. Like, mm -hmm. 2013 or something. And I was like... Some of my... I, I, I wasn't that good, I think. I kept dying. I played Monk. Mm. And uh, some people were like, Dude, you keep dying! <laughs> <laughs> yeah! What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, guys, I'm so sorry. I'm trying, but this is a game. Yeah. It's not a game. It's a job. That's what I'm like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think I can keep doing this. So I, that's the, kind of the moment where I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this like to that level. Because if I start thinking of this game as a job, then I can start to develop like... Mm -hmm. you know negativity towards it and of course like the glory of beating Nile von darnus coil mm -hmm. number seven before everybody else does is like insanely epic it's a crazy high and i have all my respect for people who are able to do that uh but personally i'd rather not get that passionate because i like games to be sort of like my safe place to just mm -hmm. relax that said you know Obviously, games that are challenging are nice, but 
Uh, I understand what people get negative about Final Fantasy XIV. It's all temporary but... negativity, right? It's all like just in the moment, like I'm upset because of... Or like most of I mean, it is. Some people get I mean, really it... too... Yeah, go ahead. Dude, if I was the type of person who does a boss 400 times just to get like the mount, mm -hmm. and I get it on my 300 attempts, I would probably get fucking pissed at the game as well. So I, I get that. <laughs> I just yeah. I just don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh I mean I love the PvE in this game. It's it's huge for me. I'm what I mainly do is I go in and do the savage content just over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again. Yeah. And try to get people through that because it's such a frustrating experience. Uh but it's it does feel rewarding at the end of it because you've figured out the puzzle and you've executed the puzzle to get there to the end. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like I, I, well, at some point I'm going to have, like, videos and talk about that stuff more because I feel like it's an important conversation as well. But you don't have to be, like, really hardcore into the PvE to have such a passion and love for this game. Like, literally, mm -hmm. this podcast and interacting with the community is my favorite part of Final Fantasy XIV. The game is great, mm -hmm. but it's the platform to let me do the stuff I really love. Right? Uh, and so... I I always kind of treated it that way too. Sometimes I'm, I don't play as much Final Fantasy XIV. I kind of have to be on the sideline. Like in the past when I had to work 80 hours a week, you mm. know, and I'm like, well, yeah. I just get on and do what I can do and kind of struggle through it <laughs> at that same point. Yeah. I mean, when my daughter was born, I, I, I made a statement. I was like, I'm done for like six months at least, right? I, I'm not touching Final Fantasy XIV. I'm not doing any of this stuff. I have to completely step back. Uh, which really sucked because that was around the time DSR came out. Uh, Dragon uh, Song Surprise oh, was such a big yeah. moment. And so, like, I wasn't able to be as active with that piece of content. But uh, my daughter was so much better than DSR. I think it's way more important <laughs> so... than, than a Dragon Song Surprise, for sure. You know, like, that's that's fair to assume. Yeah. It was my first child. And so it was like one of those things where it's like, I don't know. Dude, even if it was like your 10th child, right? <laughs> right. Uh, you yeah. like, True, true, but it was the the unknown. It was the mystery mm. of how that was going to go down because you could hear, you could read a thousand things, you can hear, you, you talk about it forever. But until you're in that moment, like we were talking about it a little bit, Alex, before the show, but like, man, w when you your daughter is born or your son is born or whoever is born in the hospital, <laughs> and then you're, you're there for a day or two for monitor, and they're like, okay, your car seat looks good. All right, they're in there. Good luck. And you're just like, yeah, I'm leaving with this helpless cup, like few day old life form that I now yeah. need to keep alive and try to do a good Damn. job. This feels kind of big. I don't feel like I'm supposed to be yeah. just giving a baby a leap. There's no mechanic guide from from Mr. Happy on YouTube about that. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And so no Mr. Happy. There's some there's some stuff out there, but I'm going to be honest with you. Like, a lot of parenting stuff, this is really far off tangent from our topic, but just real quick, a lot of that stuff, it's all, like, just people saying their experiences, and nothing's ever, like, 100% accurate to your situation. Ever. See, and and this is, like, and this is, like, a, I'm gonna do a rather weird tangent, and I'm gonna reply to a person in the comments before, sure. when we're talking about people being negative towards the game, we're like, oh, but you gotta be able to criticize the things you love, and I agree. And I'm yeah. able to criticize Final Fantasy XIV in saying this thing you said about, oh, there's no guy to prepare you for this situation. I'm like, this is what I wish Final Fantasy XIV had, personally. <laughs> okay. Like, I wish Final Fantasy XIV 
had like a lot more customization with the characters and stuff, like elemental spells that have weaknesses and all the blah blah blah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in a way that everybody has to figure out their their solutions to a raid with their own inventive spirit, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's my yeah. criticism to Final Fantasy XIV. But also, okay. like, dude, um, I guess parenting is an art when you think about it, right? And everybody does it differently, and everybody does mistakes, and those mistakes become part of the art. Your kids, like, my mm-hmm. certain, like, uh, good things that I have come from the flaws of my father and my mother and the way they, they raised me up, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe some flaws I have come from great things they did. Like, yeah. it's so fucking weird. It's an art, and nobody knows what's right and what's wrong, we, but we do it, and hopefully we figure it out. Yeah, Gosh, we were going really far in this, but I got to mention this too. <laughs> like when yeah. I was growing up, right? Um, I, I can confidently say I did not have the best parents and I was not in the best situation. Mm. I, it was not, they did not make me, they did, they did not succeed in making me the person mm. I am. Maybe you could say oh, they man. did right in a way. All right. And you don't it, feel it was their contribution. They, it was, it yeah. wasn't them making me into that. I just luckily fortunately happened other people around me it helped mm. make and mold me into this person and so like it, and that's a little bit of why like i'm gonna do everything i can to be a good parent uh mm. but it gives me a little bit of confidence knowing that at least people could still turn out great even if i can't be a perfect parent right if oh they, yeah i there it's just kind of how things develop you don't have full control over everything um mm-hmm. and if i can do my best as a father that is what makes me happy i know i'm gonna fuck up dude <laughs> i know i'm gonna yeah, make dude. mistakes and there's gonna be stuff uh but i i'm gonna always do uh, dude, sometimes do sometimes life yeah, but you're you gonna like... do your best and that's what matters dude yeah. like yeah like your heart is in the right place yeah you know and well, I'm, <laughs> keep that's it. the most important thing. And kids are tough and life like humans are resilient and mm. life is so weird. Like it must be I don't have kids. Right. So I'm like, damn, it must be so hard to like, again, bring this person to the world. And then feeling like, oh, my God, I need to protect her with everything I have. And that's that's a thought that must keep you awake at night and stuff. And sometimes life does things that you're not ready for. So, for example, when I was a kid. There was something that happened to me that was extremely fucked up, but I'm thankful that it did. Uh, because apparently, when I was just born, <laughs> it's so stupid. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> I I was like born and I was like for a for a baby severely overweight, uh, and it wasn't necessarily a problem, but it was a thing that the doctors were like, "Oh, this kid is like you know." Mm-hmm. You know very very chubby for the kid that's just born and i didn't look that good apparently my mom jokingly called me the creature and i was like like, jokingly obviously yeah uh or jokingly Uh and uh uh and then one day like we had a neighbor and this neighbor was fun like was was kind to us all the time Mm -hmm. but then one day she snapped and became a bit crazy i don't know what happened and the one day i was playing in the you know, in the garden close to my house and the neighbor who shared the garden with us decided it was a great idea to throw a rock at me and oh. it hit me in the head with a rock. No. And I, I basically, you know, I got shocked from that. And uh, yeah. I didn't eat for a few days. 
and uh, I lost a lot of weight. And I lost my status as the creature because finally I became kind of presentable. So that rock that was thrown to my head kind of removed the creature status from me. And mm. uh, I'm grateful for that. I, li I like the way I look. Uh, and that would not have happened if it wasn't for that neighbor. So I'm like, okay, well, sometimes life does, does some fucked up things. And then they end up becoming funny story. You survive and, you know... There's some consequences out of that that can be positive or negative. There's stuff that happens that is positive that ends up having negative consequences. So, like, life is fucking unpredictable. Uh, but you just gotta hope that if your heart is in the right place and you're surrounded with people who love you, you're gonna be alright. And that's yeah. that's the most important thing, I think. Man, we're getting real deep right now. How did we get there? Yeah, because a lot of things. Alright, so, uh, I mean, we could kind of go and back to stuff there's a lot of stuff I'm like man I wish I had this I wish my life was like this I wish I could have like been this way or I've had this kind of family or I had this kind of like interaction with these people if I was more confident I wasn't so negative about myself I could have had different relationships everything else but then I start thinking you know kind of fuck all of that I have no regrets because man I have my wife I have my daughter I'm yeah. doing something I'm enjoying doing how can I really regret a lot of that shit uh, it yeah. sucked, but I'm here, and I kind of got to a point where I'm pretty good, and I'd be sad if I wasn't here, right? Yeah. If I couldn't have what mm. I have. Nothing else feels as appealing as what I'm fortunate enough to have right now. Uh, and so, I mean, and that's kind of the things that led you to where you guys are. You're pretty happy, I assume, as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, and I think anyone in any situation at some point you, you have that power to kind of get you where you want to go you just have to go there like i wouldn't be talking to you guys if i didn't have a second like moment of just saying fuck it i don't know what i'm doing but i'm just gonna do it and i guess i'll figure it out along the way right mm. uh and I, I started enjoying doing it and things just naturally fell into place and i i'm lucky enough to be able to uh, go on stage for FanFest every once in a while. I'm lucky enough to have people that are amazing as you two come and talk to me you and, ever... and be positive and happy to oh, Like, that oh. feels good. You know, you guys say... Do you ever stop to think, like, how yeah. different life would be if Hironobu Sakaguchi didn't wake up one day deciding, I want to make an RPG game inspired <laughs> by D&D. <laughs> like, he, like, Final oh, Fantasy, yeah. the story of how Final Fantasy happened is so insane. Oh, like... Yeah. It's one of those things where he went against the current and he believed in himself with unwavering like mm. confidence and he like wow like His sometimes decision. i'm like wow if that go ahead go ahead go ahead if that game didn't happen my life surely would be very different and probably yours as well yep. right? yeah same if that guy didn't wake up with that like innatural confidence in an idea that hadn't really been tested that much Mm -hmm. you know like so many lives would not have been changed by it it's it's kind of profound how an action that you take can ripple so much through time and space because you know we're talking about japan in the 80s or something or yeah. 90s i don't even remember anymore yeah uh, it was in the 80s yeah 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 yeah, yeah. the 80s yeah because it came out in 87 when i was born um and so that is a really good point because literally one guy making a video game changed so many people's lives it's insane mm -hmm. just making that one video game had that huge ripple that has gone for like 
30 something years now, right? Changing people's lives, what they do. They're letting them be happy in a very happy state. <laughs> Uh, and I think that wasn't even his intention, right? No, he just he wants like, to make, make a video game. <laughs> games because he loved it. Yeah. But it's, I think it's a, it's an amazing thought, like how far our actions can go. At the same time, it's freaking scary too because you're like, hmm. oh, I don't want to do something that's gonna like, I don't know, impact other people negatively or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and especially nowadays, like, we're so interconnected. That having an impact in other people's lives is not only easy to do, but it's also easy to like see, and mm. it can be kind of like, oh god, ah, I don't want to, you know, you don't want to mess up or anything. But it's that's why I'm like, dude, like your whole situation with the kid, and like, oh, I'm gonna make sure it's gonna be right. I bet it's gonna be right. She's around the people she loves, but and also the world is so interesting that she's gonna surprise you in ways that sure you cannot predict. Oh yeah, and it's. Uh, <laughs> It's both an amazing thought and a scary thought as heck as well. Yeah. Having this idea of like not being in control of the consequences, not of just your actions, but the actions of everybody else. It's like, God, ah. Yeah. Ah. Literally, all he did was do something that he wanted to do and it, he yeah. was happy doing. <laughs> and there we are, all of us now, right? Blossomed from this whole thing. Uh, you know, we would be in completely different situations without that. And so uh, I hope that inspires other people to do just what they want to do <laughs> and see how that goes uh, in the future for everyone else. Uh, just literally doing, being happy. Man. I think you can never go wrong with that. Like in, in life, I think there's two, two forces that can push you to action. One is fear and one is love. That's, you know, in the simplest way, the way I see it. And we both know what those instincts feel like. Yeah. You know? Uh. And I've, I've never regretted doing something. Like, when you do stuff out of love, maybe it doesn't always go the way you want it to go. But, like, dude, like, it's amazing to chase that. And when you do something out of fear, sometimes you just say stupid things or do stupid things. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, yeah, I think when I think about Final Fantasy and all the, now all the things that it taught me... It, Probably that's the most important one. And my favorite character is Zack from Final Fantasy VII because he's the embodiment of this. Yeah. You know. Uh, man. God, we could talk about Final Fantasy VII for a while because yeah. that was a huge thing too. Crisis Core, absolutely amazing game. Uh, I know Husky's like going back and forth. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get him back. We'll get him back here. Uh, we, we've almost been going for like two hours now dude i i didn't even think about that but yeah we're getting pretty yeah. late for you guys too i would think right that's what happens when you get me and ask it together yeah so wait level seven is your favorite it, i i don't know if i could say it's my favorite but it was the most impactful final fantasy mm. when i got into the like i got final fantasy 6 but i didn't really understand it as well when it came out and i tried to play it and everything oh. final fantasy 7 was uh, a huge deal to me for very very many reasons i grew up very poor uh my brother fortunately oh there you go welcome back he <laughs> is back yeah. i found my webcam yeah there you go your brother <gasps> yeah my, my brother i he, found my webcam he bought and me. just died oh wait oh it died okay <laughs> yeah fuck. wait it's okay are I'm you back. about to say your brother bought you final fantasy 7 and a playstation 1 and dude that's literally what happened with my brothers you really that was my first final fantasy yeah, yeah. 
and that's dude what that's so he cool what the my hell life literally by buying me because i was in a horrible situation where i would never have a playstation right I, I never had money my family was poor but he he fortunately had the ability to get me a playstation got me final fantasy and then when i saw that that 3d cutscene when well, i was huge man yeah, dude. 3D was like, whoa. And so, dude. like, seeing the Final Fantasy VII cutscenes now, not so great. But back then, it was like, this is revolutionary. It was, like, groundbreaking. Yeah. Did your brother know what the game was? Yeah, when he, he was familiar with Final Fantasy to a, a decent degree, right? But I don't think he oh. knew how much of an impact it would make. So right? here it is. The reason why my brothers got Final Fantasy VII it's because they they liked mechs a lot, like mecha oh. robots and stuff mm. back in the days. Yeah. And they thought the Midgar on the back cover was a massive mech. Oh. <laughs> and so it's like, oh yeah, a robot game, let's buy it. And then it wasn't about robots at all. But I, you know, I tried it and I was hooked. And it was in English. I'm, you know, come from Italy, didn't speak English at the time at all. Mm. But I learned English in order to play FF7. I mm -hmm. fucking loved that game, dude. Like, it was my first Final Fantasy. I... Asking me what my favorite Final Fantasy is, is like asking me who my favorite kid is. I cannot reply because I don't have kids. But even if I had kids, I couldn't <laughs> reply. Uh, but Seven is one of the most important ones because it opened the floodgates to, to that series. And that series, as I said many times during this conversation, changed my life. And it's so funny that, you know, our origin story of Final Fantasy is very similar. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. It, it was huge for me because it, like, I got sucked into the story, right? And I'm sitting there, and for some reason, my eyes were able to decipher the graphics. Like, if I go back, it's really <laughs> difficult now. But, like, being able to see all those amazing backgrounds, those backdrops, very emotional scenes throughout it. Like, I was attached to it. Uh, so it was the first Final Fantasy I beat. Right, that I got sucked into, and it was a part of you know everything. Going in the gold saucer, man. Going and flying around on an airship. Oh, yeah. oh. You remember your reaction to the, I mean, spoiler scene at the end of the first CD? Uh, hold on, hold on. Was that leaving? I can't remember how to. Because there's no. four CDs. I, mean, <laughs> I can't the, remember which. The spoiler, the big spoiler of Final That's Fantasy it. VII. Mm -hmm. I'm trying, what? Which one? Which one? Was it, it was an era, right? At that point, or it was Ares in my book. It is. Oh, but was it? At, yeah, was that the first? Yeah, disc? but we we shall not speak of what happens. But yeah, sure. that that was the end of the first disc. Yeah, that was rough. Like I was just like fucking torn. I I was like, I found an enemy. I found yeah. literally a villain <laughs> that I really wanted to defeat. It was important for me to actually come to a resolution with that because yeah. that was such Definitely. a big, big thing to me. And even today, this game story ages very well. And oh, even yeah. what happens in the second half of the game is really deep. Yeah. yeah. And I cannot wait to see it in, in reverse. In the reverse. And, <laughs> yeah. And that's funny because I'm also a Final Fantasy fan, thanks to my brother. Uh, <laughs> my brother was a big FF8 fan. Mm, and yeah, dude. He, he, well, you have a brother? He tried, yeah, he's uh, 15 <laughs> years older than me, oh, and okay. so he he got uh, FF9. He didn't like it, and oh. he gave it to me. And I was like, I don't know, maybe eight or nine years old at this time. So FF9 was my very very first Final Fantasy. But I was so so bad at video games back then, and I never could beat uh, 
some random monsters in uh, the cave right before Blue Messia, I think, the before mm. the end of Disc One, mm -hmm. and I gave up eventually, and I got to FF10 after that, and same thing, I was stuck at the final boss because I was too bad to beat it back then. Ah, and still issue. <laughs> FF13 was the first Final Fantasy I actually beat. And then after that, I uh, went backwards. That's crazy. The, I think 14 was probably one of the yes. toughest. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, no. I, I, I've had a handful of those experiences where, like, I would get into the game and then, like, I wouldn't be able to keep mm. going through it and everything. Um, I had a couple of moments with that with 7 because, it, you know, I had to get to a point to where I was able to process properly with it. Um... But, like, I did eventually go back and beat it. Uh, like, 10, I got to the end, the last boss, and I never beat the last boss for 10. Uh, I do that all the time. I don't know why. You know, when, when a game, at the end of the game, you're like, oh, now you can roam free and do all the side quests you want. And then if you want to beat the final boss. Yeah, for me, I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'll do all the side quests. <laughs> and then I forget about the story. So I yeah. did that with 10. I did that with 12. Yeah. Uh... I, what else did I do? I think 10 and 12, I did that. I, I mm -hmm. played those like two times. I never beat them. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, that's it. Now I'm going to beat the Final Fantasies and then do the side quest after. So I learned that lesson there. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but I, I get what you're saying. It's yeah. interesting. We have so many things in common when it, when it comes to like this series. Yeah. FF9, interestingly, I did not appreciate. Like your brother, Husky. <laughs> because like, I think what happened with Final Fantasy is this. Yeah. Like, when Final Fantasy VII came out, that was a very, 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 like, like left turn for the series. It was the first yeah. really modern, like, six was kind of mm. steam, I wouldn't call it steampunk. It was, how do you call it? It's not too far it off, is. right? Yeah, that's, 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 that's kind of accurate. Uh, yeah. Diesel punk? I don't know. But <laughs> seven was sure. the first where there was, like, modern, and I remember I did an interview with mm. Wumatsu. And I, I asked him about, you know, his experience working in Final Fantasy and he told me that for the first five games, he was like, you know, I wouldn't say he had no idea what he was doing, but he was like struggling. By the time, after Final Fantasy VI was done, he's like, okay, I got a solid grasp of how to write a fantasy score now. I can do it pretty well. And then they're like, the next Final Fantasy is modern. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck? I yeah. just learned how to do this. Well, <laughs> and you guys just right? throw a wrench. Mm, yeah. yeah, futuristic. And then they did that with 8 too. And mm -hmm. then 9, they're like, let's go back. Yeah, so from 7, <laughs> they, they were like, oh. This is what happened. From 7, they're like, oh, okay. Now there's a fandom who loves the modern Final Fantasy. So we need to have something modern in the future. So they started doing 8. But then they're like, oh, but there's also like the fandom who likes the older fantasy final fantasy so let's do nine for them mm. and then what else is what there was also tactics on the side so tactics they had like this went really, oh, really yeah, yeah they had yeah. these three yeah. different brand like types of final fantasy and then they kept going like then there was 10 which was you know that was like thing. its own little like magical thing. thing yeah exactly 11 yeah. was the continuation of the fantasy genre 12 is the continuation of Ivalice. Mm -hmm. and then 13 is yeah. like modern again and 14 is fantasy and 15 is modern. Now they're starting to just whatever. 16 is like, let me do my own thing. Yeah. It is yeah. fantasy, but it's dark 
in a way that no Final Fantasy has been before. Yeah. And people mm. are criticized it for it, like, oh no, this is like Witcher, blah blah, which is like, oh. bro, like mm. Berserk is what inspired Final Fantasy 16, not The Witcher. But no, the beginning is like Berserk. Yeah, but, but <laughs> it's the same thing. It's the same for argument. me. For me personally, I'm like, dude, I welcome the idea of adding a new sphere to this. I'm still waiting for the sci-fi Final Fantasy, the, the primitive Final Fantasy, or the, the space traditional Final Fantasy. <laughs> Yeah, dude, like something crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Time traveling. They kind of did that with 13.2. But, you know, um, mm. it's been yeah. great to see this series like innovate itself. But it's also like a very weird series to explore for that reason. Because you may like one because you like the fantasy aesthetic. Then go to the next one and it's completely different. You're like, what is this? Uh, and I had that with 9. Yeah. Uh, because I, I started with eight, 7, then I did 8. Then I did like all the older ones. Then I tried mm -hmm. nine, 9. I was like... I don't know, something about this doesn't run me the wrong way. So I restarted it like three times. Mm -hmm. On my, my, you know, my third playthrough, I was like, I think I get it. And then mm -hmm. I fell in love with it. But it took yeah. me some time. Mm -hmm. And after that, I never had the experience of like no liking a Final Fantasy because I, I think I became a bit open-minded with them and like started mm -hmm. to see value in all of them, especially like oh, yeah. 13. is like, You know, when you talk about Sephiroth and how the end of this one made you feel like, wow, now I have an enemy, I have to stop him. Yeah. I'm like... Yeah, I never thought about how that moment really makes Sephiroth such an awesome character too. Like because, mm -hmm. yeah, it does give you like a personal motivation to go and yeah. defeat him. I I, yeah. I I never stopped to think about that because I I always thought, oh, it's a bit of an over overestimated character. He's cool as fuck, mm -hmm. but there's not a lot of depth to him as opposed to a character like Caius Ballad from Final Fantasy Thirteen Two or Emmet Selk. From fourteen or mm -hmm. uh, what's his name from fifteen? Oh, Ignis, no, not Ignis. Sorry, Arden. Arden. So, interestingly, I feel like sometimes there's Final Fantasy games who are less popular, who have more interesting characters. Mm -hmm. But what you said about Sephiroth was actually interesting. I never thought about that it's, ever. It, it was literally because it I mean, becomes it was like personal now. Powerful, crazy thing. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah. and it wasn't about what who Sephiroth was, the kind of person he was or anything else. It was the action he took of what drove mm -hmm. all those emotions and all those feelings mm -hmm. and it pushed you forward and just made you say, I know what I got to do. There is no going back from this line. I This is this is it. Yeah. I need to destroy this person. Um, But that all being said, too, uh, I mean, I'm excited to see what the future of Final Fantasy is going to be, even 14 with the next one, 17, 18, whatever, because they're on a good track right now. I mean, also, real quick on the time part, Chrono Trigger feels that in a way, and Chrono mm. Cross, right? I kind of hope they bring sure. that back at some point. <laughs> I kind of hope they try to reach back into the Chrono uh, games, because that would be really cool, too. But, that's completely side note. Uh... You guys, it's it's been like two hours. We probably should start to wrap up. You guys, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. Sure. you always are, every okay. single time. And you I know, just do. You, do you want to do like a, a Q &A? quick lightning round? Yeah, quick okay. lightning round with the chat. Sure. Because I saw. If you have to go, that's fine. We can just no, wrap it up. Do it. Let's do it. Let's do because, it. Let's do it. Because like we've been I'm talking ready. to each I'm other, ready. not that much to chat. So I feel bad. But Garth, the Wolf asked a question before. Yeah. And then, guys, if you have any questions for us, lightning round, oh ask right now. But yep. to reply to Garth, who asked like question for Alex and Husky, uh, how was it working in the closest distance community video? And then see that so can also watch it. I still go back and watch that. The chorus with everyone gets me every time. How was working on that, Husky? <laughs> well, I sent you my guitar track, and you did absolutely everything, and you nailed it. No, you <laughs> That's really what happened. We did no. So 
it's not just a guitar track. You did the whole instrumental. And then I did vocals on top of that. The idea was, we're just going to raise it as our own cover. And then the idea of adding more people on top of it just happened. And it felt great. Again, it was the similar feeling of like, I feel responsible for giving the community a space to express themselves. And uh, that's what we did. And it was awesome. It was great. And the fact that Soken saw it, I was like, I felt responsible also for Soken to like feel how much the community loves him. So I didn't really, it's not, when I see that, I don't think much about me, but I think about what he did for other people. And I feel very grateful. So I'm next question. Let me let you know one next quick question. thing on that too. Yeah. Uh, the one of the biggest events we had was the Omega Protocol, the one in the very beginning of this year where it went on for six days. And you know, you guys Damn. came on real quick for uh, Macro, Marco, Meatball came on as well. And we had you guys on for a little bit. At the very mm. end of that, it was exhausting 24 7 the entire time doing this race. And at the very end of it, we played that video because oh, it fit dude. so perfectly with the thousands of people that were coming together in the community to watch this huge event having this whole like week long you know experience of being with people because it fit 100 percent with the final fantasy 14 community uh and everybody was crying everybody was crying at the end uh, they were all in tears <laughs> so that's awesome that's that's good to know honestly yeah, okay. you know. I got I got a question from Kimmy's yeah. list. Uh, if I ever consider to do another original album, I don't have the time to do it now uh, because I'm super busy between my covers, the One Winged Angel collabs, the Endwalker collab, and yeah, actually now the only original songs I do now are uh, commissions for streamers and uh, video game developers. So mm -hmm. I think your next original album is going to be a soundtrack at this point. Yeah, it would be the only option. <laughs> yeah. If I'm listening mean, now to it, yeah. That's gonna happen for sure. Uh, this is like question. Oh, excuse me. secret, but Husky actually I mean I asked you we cannot say what it is, but I asked you to record guitars for one soundtrack I'm working on, like a while ago, do you remember? And mm. I'm always on the lookout for excuses to add friends to like the, the stuff I'm doing, either as musicians or co-composers. So uh Maybe I'm, we're gonna see your name on some of the songs, soundtracks I'm doing, but I, I'd be excited to see you core a full soundtrack by yourself too. Mm -hmm. oh, That'd be super you. cool. Thank uh, you very much. Jet what? asked. Wait, there was another. Somebody asked yeah, a question before. Rujikart, we awesome name. Uh, mm. What are our favorite tracks from Unworker? Only one. Mine is in the band. And Alex and Frosty. Oh, dude. Oh my god. You cannot ask me to just pick one. I don't know the uh, names of all the tracks. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll you. Okay. Sing it. <laughs> Sing it. Oh my gosh. No, the most one of the most recent ones uh, that came out that just really got to me. It's just because it just like came out of nowhere. Was the uh, Zero Mist theme at the very beginning of it? The uh, mm. uh, the new Primal that they they released. Uh, and just his music was just this huge Pokemon brave theme it felt like and it was just and so that fucking bass line what the hell? i don't think i heard it you should listen to it it's good but the tone is so huge it slaps in your face you, you'll see dude that's my stuff yeah, yeah. Like, i think for know... me probably dedicated to moonlight is some oh, of my okay. favorites right now yeah. but oh well as well yeah so uh, luigi eclectic. get a link for it just so we could he could have it for later uh, i'm sure you can yeah. find it luigi um uh for a fantasy game for how it plays in narrative what what is your favorite ff just for how it plays in the narrative of that game for the narrative only i'd say 16. 
Which one? It's my yeah, story. 16. 16. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's powerful, my favorite man. story. Yeah. You know what I didn't like about 16? Hmm. Hmm? Like, I loved that game to death. But mm-hmm. the two big villains at the end, I'm like, wow. Okay. You know, like, <laughs> obviously. I actually uh, love the villain. Is I loved I every know. villain I except for those two. Why? Yeah. Oh. I see. Yeah. You yeah. know. That's fair. All the villains are incredible. Even like Kupka, dude. It's like the narrative, the the symbolism between Kupka and Clive. They are, I wouldn't say the same person, but they share the same story. Yeah. Mm. You know, somebody they love dearly dies horribly. Mm-hmm. They both have, you know, powers and stuff. And they go mad with the desire of revenge. And then there's the clash between them, which is so fucking epic. And the music was so good that I was literally laughing out of exhilaration by myself while playing the game. That, like, the villains in this game are incredible, but the two villains at the end, I didn't feel them. And then when I discovered more things about the lore and why they did what they did, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I kind of get it now. But <laughs> I'm like, God, they, they used their best villains for the first half of the game and created so much expectation for the second half, and mm-hmm. I didn't feel as much for that but that's fair it, it is a fucking incredible game maybe one of the best narratives probably 14 is the best narrative on top of that 14 is really hard to beat because it's like 500 yeah. hours you know yeah it's a lot <laughs> a lot of build up <laughs> true this um, was it yeah uh do you guys want to pick a couple more questions i've just, seen one last question just I one think. yeah okay uh I, i've seen one it is from agent 007 uh whenever we listen to our new song uh do we know if we will cover or analyze it immediately or do we listen to it uh for the first time i think well, husky's rule is like i will cover it no matter what <laughs> well, you know that meme like i will be there no matter what that's asking you when i listen to it <laughs> once and after the first listen it's either yes or no and if it's yes I start either by watching the drums part or playing a rhythm guitar over it, and mm. then I do the rest and magic. Oh, happens. that's how you start? Yeah, either the drums oh. and the rhythm guitar. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm. For me personally, I uh, so with Final Fantasy XIV, or generally speaking, like I try not to listen to new music because I, I like making my analysis videos blind. I don't always do it. Uh, and when I don't, it's very clear that I, I know the song. But sometimes I like to just go blind. So with Final Fantasy XIV, all the new tracks from 6.1 onwards, I didn't listen to them for like, uh, until FanFest, basically. Because I was waiting for having time to make a video about them. Mm-hmm. Never had time because I'm making the soundtracks and stuff. There's no time to do anything mm-hmm. else. So before FanFest, I just listened to all of them. And if, if there's a track that I already know, I will make a video about it if I think it's a track mm-hmm. that's it's interesting. If there's a track that came out, sometimes I will make a video, listen to it for the first time. But then if I don't find there's anything interesting in it and I don't say anything interesting in video in the video, I will not publish it. There's been a few times where people even said, dude, make a reaction to this song. And I'm like, I don't feel anything. Mm. So I will not publish the video, you know, and I could fake it and that would get views. Mm-hmm. And people will be like, oh, yes, he's a composer. He knows what he's saying. And I see videos sometimes from composers being like, Oh, the choir is very menacing, so this guy must be bad. And people are like, 
what the fuck? You figure out the cut. I'm like, dude, you don't need to be a composer to figure it out. So like, I don't like my videos to just be like that. Okay. Uh, I like to have detail that other people could not arrive to and use that as an occasion to teach. And if a song doesn't allow me to do it, I will not publish a video about it. Uh, so that's kind of like my logic. And as for what to cover and what not to cover, I don't even know how that works. There are some songs where I'm like, this is too perfect. I, I would ruin it if I covered it. Um, and there's some that I'm like, I can't escape it and I just want to do it and I will do it. Mm -hmm. There's one in particular that is like the landing from Final Fantasy VIII. I've yeah. loved that song ever since I was a kid. I waited five years before I covered it because I needed to get to the skill level where I could do a cover that pays it justice. I did the same for like, the extreme. Oh yeah. Ah, oh, dude, I believe that. And now you're doing one with Angel, so that's cool. You guys gotta, you know, watch out for that. Yeah. It's gonna be great. Yeah, anyway. like eight, eight years ago, people asked me what with Angel. I was like, no, I, I can't feel it now. And yeah, now I have the skills to to do it. And you have 200 people at your side helping you. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. All right. I think it's time to let us, uh, uh, you know, Frosty go back to his daughter. Oh, uh, yeah. That's fine. That's fine. But you guys have been, again, fantastic to come on. And thank you so much for doing it. Uh, thank you for having us. I, you know, I will find more excuses <laughs> to get you guys just to come and talk about stuff. Even if it's not about music, I just want to talk to you guys sometimes. Uh, I love it, man. Whenever. Yeah. That'd be, that, that's always fun, honestly. And thank I you, Chad, for like, you know, the nice comments and, and you know, for, for listening to us rant. And I hope that inspired you and made you feel good about yourselves. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, keep being I awesome. Hope you had being, a good time too. Yeah, Chad. keep being the amazing community you are because, yeah. you know, we were talking about the, the FanFest concert and I'm like, that would not have happened, especially if it wasn't for you guys. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah. I appreciate you all. Yeah. And uh, yeah, okay. that's my piece. Follow Husky, Husky. on his YouTube channel. Greatness, greatness coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had an amazing time. Uh, tonight. Yeah, it's evening for us, so I had an amazing time tonight. Uh, you chat are so cool, uh, Frosty, Alex, you are so cool, and I. Thank you. I don't know. I'm happy. I'm just happy, and <laughs> I hope you all are happy too because we need to be happy. And uh, FF14 is great, and play FF14. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, both your Twitter. So to wrap here. up, go ahead, go ahead. So to wrap up, yeah, you can find uh, Alex and me uh, on uh, Twitter, on YouTube. Uh, I am also on Spotify and Patreon, and and that's it. Yeah, I will hopefully be on your Nintendo Switches and your Playstations and your computers on several games, uh, and one that I can name drop. It's called Rift of the Necro Dancer. Oh, uh, okay. Check yeah, it out when it comes right. out. And uh, that's all I can say. That's the only one I can talk about right now. People know. <laughs> so Rift of the Necro Dancer. Yeah. You're going to hear some bass there. So that's all. And uh, thank you guys exciting. for watching. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But click on those links I put in chat, guys. Follow them, and you'll have their YouTubes, I think, on both of their pri uh, profiles there that you can click on as well. And just go down that rabbit hole of just making sure you have them followed everywhere you can follow them. Because uh, these are two fantastic people, some of the most positive energies that are in the community, uh, and uh, I am so excited to see where the next steps take you guys. Uh, you know, one day uh, I'm gonna look back at this, and you know, it's it'd be almost like if I was talking to uh, the people who are really well known for Final Fantasy tracks, 
that you guys are the next people like that. It's possible, right? Everyone's going to yeah, be looking or... at you. The, the inspiring video game composers, inspiring composers in general, will be looking to you guys for all the work that you've done over the years. So I, I, I see that in your futures, and I'm real excited. Same for, for you, it. dude. You know, like, I think it's going to be exciting for us to see, like, where, where you take this and where, oh, where your yeah. life takes you. Like, you were on your own adventure, and you're, like, you're rediscovering yourself and the world through this new mm. perspective and you're always the awesome frosty and we love you and we appreciate you and we're looking forward to see like you blossom in what you will become in the future so that's gonna be uh, that's gonna, yeah. we will be watching is what okay. i'm saying i'll be a dad and, in the uh, basement with a podcast <laughs> that's great that's great too yeah. and that's that's all for the wholesome vibes now we can just Stop all this happiness yeah. and be grumpy. Be grumpy. Go Off back air. to bed. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just all kidding. Right. I have some music to make, and then I'll go to bed at like two a.m. <laughs> and uh, I would just go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Talk to you I guys next time then. Okay. Well, let's let's all say bye and wave, and we'll go to the transition, and we'll raid somebody here in a second. Yay! So hang tight. Bye, yeah. chat. Bye, everybody. See you later. Bye. -bye.